Now broadcasting live on Ustream or direct to your portable device. From Martin Road Studios, BaggedAndBoard.com presents the Bagged and Boardcast. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. Drink my beer. It's good. It doesn't work if you're not wearing a mariachi suit. Uh, what? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is crazy. He just looked at me like, should I punch him? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Bag and Boardcast, episode number 105. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a wheelie podcast that comes to you in three segments. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. And we follow that up with the list, which is the comic books we're most looking forward to this week. It's December 14th. And then we go into our main topic, which is our monthly look back for November. Um, we're hitting up Spaceman from Vertigo and the two break-off books um, X from the X-Men. Schism. Mm-hmm. Yes. They and, as, off. and as always, we follow, we start the show with a beer. And uh, we're continuing with our trying to find the best Christmas beer. And this time we're starting right at the beginning of the alphabet. We are going with the uh, Anchor Brewing's uh, Christmas Sale. It says Merry Christmas and Happy New Year right on the uh, bottle here. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for seeing. And they've from, been brewing this for 37 years, it says at the top? Yeah. Um, this is the 37th, our special ale from the brewers at Anchor. Um, I actually haven't had a chance to... It's flowery. It's uh, floral. It's uh, see, I'm it's I've a, been having nose problems today. Like I've had a really runny nose. Um, not really stuffed up, but I can't. outside a lot today. I can't really smell too much. Yeah, we helped uh, producer Scott move. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a nice brown ale. Yeah, like it's it has. What is that? Like it's a kind of a flowery, potpourri kind of. Yeah, I get taste that. On top, yeah, but I can't. Place like lavender. Yeah, it's like a floral pop though, like yeah. right in the middle of your tongue almost. Mm-hmm. Poinsettia. Is it? No, poinsettia no, is be. poisonous. <laughs> poisonous. Yeah. Maybe it's mistletoe. Maybe no. No, it's poisonous. poisonous. Um, maybe. Oh, those little uh, red berries that you can find on. No, that's poisonous. Oh. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's poison oak. Maybe it's maybe it's a little bit of thistle and lavender mixed together, and that'll give me a restorative uh, magic potion. Paul's making Skyrim references. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This one's okay. Um, I, I, I like it. I, I like it, but uh-huh. I would not count this as a. It's not Christmas. Christmas. No, I'm getting no jingle. I mean, it's got. I no mean, jingle. it's got some little spice to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe with Anchor, they brew it a little different every year. Yeah. Um, Maybe. It's a smaller every, than I'm used to. Every recipe is different. Every year, but the intent with which we offer it remains the same. Joy and celebration of the newness of life. Since ancient times, trees have symbolized the winter solstice when the earth with its seasons appears born anew. Mm-hmm. So it's a tree beer. Uh-huh. Tree beer. Tree beer. Tree beer. It's an ent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am no tree. Oh, it's a good beer. Um... I like it's, I would I would definitely drink this. How many? Oh, this is only this is a twelve fluid ounce can. Even though it looks a lot smaller. Yeah, it looks stubby. Yeah, I'm, it's it's all right. I w- I would probably drink it if someone had it. Mm-hmm. I would not search it out. Or I if that was somewhere that had like a bunch of beers on tap, I would not get it. I think out of all, is it piney? It could be a pine cone. 
out of all the beers that we've had for the Christmas, mm-hmm. um, I think this is the one I would want to drink out of those so far. Yeah. I think this beats the Breckenridge. Yes. Yeah. I think this would put Breckenridge in third place. Uh, <laughs> this one in second, if we do find a better beer. A better beer. If that, and that's a that's a big if. We'll this is to, this is the contender we'll, right now. We'll have to see if we have yeah. something else to drink that maybe we'll like a lot more. Well, coming into this competition, I think we said which one yeah. was our favorite. If you, if you pay attention, you already know which one we're going to pick because we're saving it for last. Because <laughs> we've been drinking it a lot. It's so but good. I, I just was wondering, we, we're talking about Christmassy flavors. What flavors are Christmassy to you guys? Because I know, to me, it's like a little, it's, it's definitely cinnamon. A little bit of the nutmeg. A little bit of the nutmeg. Like a gingerbread. Yeah, that's yeah. that's why I love like cinnamon. I love cinnamon all year round, but mm-hmm. really this time of year, like yeah. just like that nice cinnamon. What's it allspice? Because for whatever reason, I have a Paul just opens up a drawer next to him full of spices. Yeah, I, Paul's I, like I, I think of gravy actually too. <laughs> hey, it has this ham. <laughs> yeah, allspice doesn't tell you what <coughs> spices are in it. Well, it's because it's allspice. All, it's all, all of them. But you know, this is. Some, I put this in my... Uh, it's an amalgamation of spices. I put a little bit of that in my uh, eggnog. You can't smell anything. I can't smell anything. Don't bother. It's got a nice smell to it. Mm-hmm. Would you consider cumin to be a holiday spice? Uh, no. No, you shouldn't. That was, no. a, that was a test, Paul. No. You passed. But I have But barely. <laughs> no. It's spicy. It's really... It's like a Middle Eastern kind of... It reminds me of like Indian food. Human. Uh, it smells like the, I mean, like when you're making tacos and you add that seasoning to your ground yeah. beef. That's what cumin. Maybe if you were Mexican, you would consider it a holiday spice then. Uh, maybe. It's also a, Sit down. It has a classic uh, hummus recipe on the back. Mm. Middle Eastern. Yeah. But nutmeg, man. Nutmeg is very, very much a holiday spice. Yes. This episode got really weird. Yeah. Well, well, you know, I was just wondering because we keep on saying, you know, holiday spice, like we're looking for that in our beer. So I'm like, well, what are you we looking for here? And if that's <laughs> nutmeg. Good cumin flavor in my beers. Pumpkin, cumin. pumpkin pie spices. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So something, I mean, like the cinnamon with the apple pie or the pumpkin pie, nutmeg that goes on your. Oh, wow. Your, um. Pumpkin pie spice. That, it does. It smells like pumpkin pie. Yep. Um, you know, I can't smell you know, the nutmeg. So don't even offer Paul. I you have on your eggnog. I mean, all those different yeah. things. I mean, they add up to that holiday. And I mean, just the little bit the, of vanilla too for me. This the smell yeah. of the pine tree. Mm-hmm. You know the the different things that are just in the air at that S- point. Snowfall. Mm-hmm. Snowfall. I'm here in Buffalo. You Salvation Army. It can salt. Once salt it, is a big Christmas once it smell. Snows once it like. Mm-hmm. A couple days ago, it snowed, and all of a sudden, it was winter here. There's a smell in the air. Yeah. You know, you, you you just have it, and you go, all right, it's winter for the next four months. Cheer and goodwill. Be, it's going to be lousy. <laughs> You've never had a you suffer, live through a Christmas, or through a winter. It's from Game of Thrones. They talk about winters quite a bit. Winter's coming, I know they say yeah. that a lot. Because Cause everyone fucking says it, who's much... Mm-hmm. Or, 
I don't know. It's going to be a long I look forward to seeing it eventually. It's coming out on DVD soon, I think. The books are good. I'd like to read them, but I just don't have time to read. Because I've spent all this other time looking up stuff for the Week in Geek. That's a good segue. No, it wasn't, Paul. <laughs> just trying to get us on track. Well, uh, talking about getting us on track, DC is trying to get their uh, books on track. Uh, apparently, we all kind of knew it. We all kind of laughed about it when we heard that Jim Lee was going to be doing all the art on uh, DC's monthly, quote-unquote, I think it's on a six-week cycle, yeah. Justice League book. And they're going to have to bring in a fill-in artist for issues seven and eight, and hopefully Jim Lee will be able to get back on track for issue nine coming in April. Well, I, I want to say, That's, like, when he signed, like, they announced the book, he said he was going to be doing, like, mm-hmm. like the first six issues or so. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, can't, I, think, I, can't I think it was mainly, like, the first story arc he's going to be on. Yeah. And, I mean, the guy's a great artist, so, I mean, to, yeah, yeah. to pump that stuff out, I mean, the guy probably just, he does need that break, and the other stuff he does in his, with his career. Yeah. And being a co-publisher of DC Comics. Mostly focused on the web stuff, from what I can gather. Um, yeah, we all kind of knew it, but are you guys upset about the name at all that's been brought in for the uh, fill-in? No, because honestly, this is like the first I've heard of who's coming on, and as soon as you said, like... Gene Haas taking it over, I was like, oh man, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he has a very different style. Oh yeah, much more cartoony, I think. Um, it's got kind of more of that, like, that pulpy feel, too. Yeah. It's not like that straight-up superhero book. Um, mm-hmm. You might know his work from, um, oh, what was that one Alan Moore book he did? Was it Top Time? Top Time. Yeah. Which, oh, okay. I mean, he's a fantastic artist. Mm-hmm. He can draw anybody. Yeah. And, and, he, fact, and he wills. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's That's a great artist. Top yeah. Like, you can't be upset about that name at all, and that's good. They're keeping top talent on that top-selling look. And you know what else is great is all the characters are going to look different. Mm-hmm. It's not going to look like the same chin in the Batman cowl, in the Flash mask, in the mm-hmm. Green Lantern mask as Superman. Because that guy can draw everyone looking different. Like, the chin's different. The facial features completely different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, that's a great that's a great choice, and he's more like he to me he sound he's like a almost like an indie artist. You don't see him on a big book like Justice League, not often. Yeah, no, not, yeah. He's, he's done a lot of like Wildstorm <laughs> kind of stuff, but I mean to get to get a Justice League is, is pretty big, even if it's only for two issues. So, I mean that's one of DC's top selling books now. Yeah, so it it's is a there. top ten title. <laughs> yeah, this is actually the number one title. What was it? Yeah, yeah. I didn't see the numbers from uh, last month. I know that I did see um, Marvel starting to close the gap and catch back up. Oh, really? Because we never talked about that. How yeah. big of a month? Uh, what was it? October was yeah. yeah, yeah. October was for DC. They had over fifty-seven percent of the market value, market share, and Marvel fell under thirty percent, or right around thirty percent for the first time and. I don't know when. It's been years. That it wasn't like 40, 50, you know, it's, it was crazy, so. Um, now, speaking about crazy, yeah. Paul, one of your uh, favorite crazy writers, Paul Cornell. Also, announcing these shakeups. Paul Cornell is going to be off Stormwatch. Uh, he's going to be moving on to a different pol- uh, project. Uh, he's staying on, luckily, Demon Knight. Yes. Which is... Huge uh, for me, at least, because uh, this will sing- signal my jumping off point. Because uh, a writer that I'm not a big fan of is jumping on 
he's definitely hit or miss, and that's Paul Jenkins is going to be taking over uh, for Stormwatch after this uh, storyline ties up. You're not going to pick up that first issue just to see where he's going to go with it? Nope. That's odd. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're... I'm looking for reasons to uh, drop books. Well, yeah, because you picked up so many. The first number ones, uh, because I went through my room and then I counted to see my drop-off rate, 24 number ones that I picked up from DC. The next month I picked up, I believe, 22... <laughs> and then, then, we told you to drop so many books. I know. Hey, yeah, we told. We had whittled them down to like seventeen to fifteen books. With issue three, I finally got down to twenty. <laughs> but but then but you have to think I didn't pick up like the shade that month and stuff yeah. like that. So okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so. They came out with those other like mini series and other series. Yeah. I don't know. Like I really enjoy twenty. And I'm. I'm looking to cut some more. <laughs> um, I just kind of started going back and trying to like re, not rewatch, but watch a lot of the Doctor Who episodes mm-hmm. for the first time. And um, there was a Paul Cornell episode, and like when his name came up in the like opening crush, I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I can't wait to watch this one!" And it was such a good episode. Which it was, episode? It was the uh, Father's Day one where Rose and the Doctor. Oh. Yes, travel back travel in time. Back, and she saves a, her dad. Uh-huh. And it causes, like, the time kind of paradox. Yeah, and yeah. there's the gremlin thing that comes to the... Yeah, yeah, that is a good one. It's a great it episode. Is. And the entire time I was watching, I was like, yeah, Paul Cornell. Like, it made me want to actually pick up more of his books, like, yeah. watching that episode. Because I was like, this guy can deliver in any medium. Like, TV, yeah. comics, like... And it's kind of sad to hear him off of Stormwatch, which is that kind of book that you want him on. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I'd fucking run. Uh, a book that nobody's been wanting, it seems, is Men of War. And James Robinson is going to now be taking over that uh, the main title, the main storyline of the <coughs> book uh, from, I forgot who was writing it. because I It was a, it was a smaller it. writer. It was like someone yeah. I actually hadn't heard of when the book was announced. And J.T. Kroll is going to be taking over the backup writing. The backups. Uh, which I like the backup from that first issue. I ah, so do you like Green Arrow, Paul? No. Sorry about your luck. What about my luck? JT Curls writing yeah. bag ups. Well, I dropped. Men of War was one of the four books that I dropped. <laughs> yeah. Much yeah, the, I, the first issue of Men of War, I mean, it, it was interesting. I understood what they were doing, mm-hmm. but it didn't it didn't grab me. It didn't want me. I didn't want to get that next issue. And that, that was actually like the, the worst selling yeah. of the new 52. Like, as soon as like, the numbers came out, and it was like, yeah. Don't wait for this book to be around. And the fact that they're putting him on there is kind of like, well, maybe they're trying to you know, rally the troops on it. I'm glad that they're just not canceling the book. Really? The troops? I just made a Minute War reference without uh, even really realizing it. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it was so unimpressed. It was, it was so <laughs> subtle because I didn't even do it like knowingly. It just kind of happened. You know what? You're welcome, Internet. Well, we were getting from like DC and especially at Marvel. If a book wasn't selling, what they would do is just cancel the book. It might have a good idea and good premise behind the book, and people would want it to be good. It just might not have had the great creative team, especially since I was kind of feeling like with the new DCU, the creative teams that were put on books seemed a little rushed, mm. and maybe they couldn't have gotten that the person they really wanted on these books at the first go. Yeah. So now that you know one storyline is wrapping up, and they want to write, like we were talking about, write the ship or get on track, that they can try to get 
other creative people on these books, yeah. which I think is so much better than this one. So would you pick up Men of War with the new writer? James Robinson? I don't know. I didn't really enjoy his Justice League stuff, and the shade so far hasn't been grabbing me either. I just kind of think he's he's one of those comic book creators that his time has kind of passed, and he just doesn't write to the modern reader. I think his style, I just can't connect with that style anymore. Going back and reading those books, I can kind of set my mind frame into that era. But reading those books now, it just isn't what I want anymore. He's Frank Millard himself. No, no. <laughs> okay, it's well, not that bad? That is that is the farthest extreme you can go, okay. I think. This is Frank Millering yourself. See, I mean, I, I guess if uh, if you look at, like, Starman is a, a period piece... Yeah. Um, because I, like, I picked it up, I didn't even think of, like, oh, it takes place in the 90s, you know, I just, I just read it as this story, you know, <laughs> that travels in different times yeah. and, and does different things, so. I really felt, though, in Starman, like, he had unique voices for all the characters with the shade. I feel like the characters seem so similar in their voice and how, and how their dialect and how their dialogue is so similar that I, I think there's something wrong. Yeah. With, with the book and his writing. And especially with even with this Justice League stuff, the characters didn't seem quite right. No. No, I agree. I was just saying, like, I, you know, I, I understand what this means here, a period piece, but maybe doing a war story mm-hmm. with that older, that kind of older tone, yeah. might he might be able to capture a different side of Men of War. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? You going to pick it up? No. If I heard good things, I might pick it up and trade. That's sometimes the problem. Is waiting for the trades. You, you can't get excitement built behind it. You can't get momentum going. You know, it's not like movies. <laughs> I was wondering how you're gonna go. Yeah, just, where, I just took a look at your paper to see what you had coming up next, and I was like, "What's he working towards?" Where you can actually just release a movie poster and get people excited and talking about okay. the movie. Like you can build excitement. Boom, movie poster. Like the legend ends, Dark Knight Rises. Did you guys see that? Movie that that is actually a really good poster. Yeah, it is. Um, it's cool. It's very reminiscent of like that Spider-Man image of Peter Parker walking away from the yeah, Spider-Man the, suit the in the trash garbage can. can. Like that's what. Re- it's much darker than that. Yeah. But that's what immediately flashed into my mind. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's that moment. Or the Batman. It's good. It doesn't make sense to me. It's, it leaves so many questions. But it does work, too, with Bane. Like, being a comic book fan, even uh-huh. though Bane as the man who broke the bat. So seeing, like, that cowl kind of there, like, shattered, mm-hmm. like, it, it kind of works. Um, and it is a very striking image. Much yeah. like that Spider-Man cover, like you were saying. Yeah, definitely. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the broken um, cowl yeah. with Bane just walking away from it and just debris around him. Like, yeah. It, it sets the mood, and you go, mm-hmm. okay, Nolan's added another force to be reckoned with kind of movie. Have you um, heard about the reviews of the prologue that they released? From their, like, little viral thing? No. Okay, um, a I lot of, like, the prologue at all. reporters have seen, like, the prologue for the movie, mm-hmm. and apparently in it, Bane is very, very hard to understand because he's speaking through the mask and uh-huh. he has an accent. So you can't tell what he's been saying. Like, from what I read, like, a lot of, like, reviewers and reporters, like, after they watched it, they were going up to each other, like, 
could you understand what he said? And I was like, no, did, did you? And I'm like, no, not at all. Um, and apparently Nolan, like, after that said, like, yeah, he's going to be hard to understand because he's wearing that mask and he has an accent. <laughs> so it might be kind of weird to see how this movie is taken when you can't understand what the main villain is saying. I'm going to be... Like, I loved Dark Knight. But man, I got so bored and so tired of everybody, you know, making fun of the Batman voice. Oh, you want to kill me? It got so overplayed, and I didn't think the Batman voice was really all that bad. No, I didn't either. And we. So this is of... just going to be all new parody. That's yeah. just going to be all over the place. Yeah, I'm afraid. Of... It's so sad that Topol is Yeah. That was a little racist of me to say taco in there. But... I, I, I couldn't understand you said taco, Paul. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're speaking through your hand. Yeah. Through a mask and with an accent. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still looking for this movie. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not 100% on the Bane costume, though. I don't think we've talked about it too much yet. I haven't really seen it. I haven't seen it. It's... I mean, it's real. It looks just Russian militaristic, you know, with that big coat. Yeah. It's like a, kind of like a big leather trench coat with, like, fur... Um, the mask, uh, what's the, what is the point of the mask in the movie? You know, in the, in the comic book, it's to hide his face, to be the, one of the world's greatest assassins? Like, what, what is mean? Not really. He's a mercenary. Yeah, he's, he's not a mercenary. Yeah. But is he, is he hiding his face? I don't think so. Okay. Just a cool just, image. Just a mask. All right. Yeah. Um, 90s. We could... T- this sidebar kind of stuff, we could probably try to talk to the guy that co-created him, because he's from Buffalo. Huh. Uh, what was his name? Graham Nolan, I think? I don't know. He He's like a Buffalo comic book artist. Cool. And he was one of the co-creators on Bane in the 90s. So we should try to do that. Just just a thought. Mm-hmm. Timely. That would be timely. Should, that would be awesome. Should time mark that. Let's time mark it. Yep. 21 minutes. <laughs> but uh, this isn't the only... Big movies to get a poster. No reveal. No, not this week. That was no. another one. Because there was also a first poster for Amazing Spider-Man. Could say they just took this image and wanted to see if it would stick. Oh. In in the poster, you have Andrew Garfield kind of like sticking to a, like the corner of a wall, and his uh-huh. shadow cast is that of the Spider-Man logo, and underneath it says the Untold Story, mm-hmm. which. This is like a retelling of the origin, so I'm wondering what we haven't been told about that before. Are they speaking about this hasn't been told in the movies, yeah. or are they going in a completely different direction with the actual origin mythos itself? I'm curious. Yeah, I am curious too. This movie will have Point Stacy in it, played by Emmerstone. Lover. Chris is one of Chris's favorites. Uh, so I think it's just a movie. It's, you know. Because we had no mention... Well, no. Spider-Man 3. <coughs> I forgot about that. That had point in space. Yeah, yeah, it did. Ron Which Howard's daughter. I forget her name. Very good. Uh, Bryce Howard. Yeah, Bryce, Bryce Dallas. Howard. Who's cute? I like her. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. I just don't uh, don't know what is untold for Spider-Man. That, well, I'm yeah, based that that, what mine. I think is it... Never what, it's the untold story is... It, I, it's what happens to him in high school. Because I think it focused more on him in high school. Yeah. Where in the other movies, it's him. He gets the spider powers. He gets the spider school. powers. He wrestles. Then all of a sudden, he's a college student with the yeah, spider He's graduating. And it's one. The, the caps going up in the air is actually a uh, 
a, a uh, scene progression. Yeah. Just like yeah. transition. There we go. A screen wipe, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> I am looking forward to this movie. Um, honestly, a lot more than it was the original Spider-Man movies. Like, that one I was excited mm-hmm. to see. This one, I don't know if it's because I'm older or, like, I have mm-hmm. higher expectations now. Um, I'm really looking forward to this one coming out. Yeah. Uh, get I am looking forward to it, and I think I think it'll be definitely be fun. But it's not the movie that it's not not the movie that I ultimately really care about. Yeah. Out of the top, out of the top movies coming out mm-hmm. in two thousand, which we will be talking about in our looking forward episode. In our looking forward to it's it's you yeah. know third place, fourth place. You know, I'll probably get it's, excited it's, about it. That's not that bad though. Yeah. I mean, this is a movie that I didn't think need to be made, but now that I'm seeing more stuff about it. Like it doesn't need to be, but I'm I'm glad it's there because I think it's gonna be cool. Out of movies that I was didn't think needed to be made and look forward to, this is right underneath Tron Legacy. You know, people wanted a Tron sequel for years, I, though. I didn't think it was needed uh, because, especially going back and watching Tron, <laughs> it's like, yeah, this, this yeah, this has nostalgia, like. Uh, taste all over it and Disney pulling all of the Tron movies like from being sold for like a year and a half before Tron Legacy came out Mm. and like taking it off the shelves definitely made me feel like oh yeah they don't want people going back and watching Tron before watching this movie because they do that it wasn't that good I mean even movies that people want on DVD they they pull because it ups demand Mm -hmm. and when you bought Tron on DVD or Blu-ray, or I should say Tron Legacy, you got the first Tron with it. Like, it's yeah. not something like they were trying to sweep under the rug, I don't think. I think it was just their way of trying to drive up the demand man for, for that like, Tron Legacy one. Yeah. Yeah. But, but. I don't know. Um, I'll kind of on the uh, Spider-Man topic, have you guys seen um, the stuff about the lizard that got released? Um, I saw with some the, of the... The Pez dispenser? No. Yeah. Um, what? In like solicitation stuff, there's actually, if you Google it, you can find uh, what the lizard's going to look like in the movie because they already have the, like, the, the uh, development notes and stuff for the Pez dispenser, like the prototypes and everything for that, mm-hmm. for the tie-ins. So that was kind of like one of those like, uh-oh, somebody dropped the ball and like released that. I, well, the thing is, <coughs> they've also put out some concept art for them. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have an idea. With so many tie- movie tie-ins and, like, candy manufacturers, they have their big... Like, everything has their big show. Like, there's a toy expo every year that shows off all the new toys. And that's where we saw the first glimpses of the marketing for Green Lantern was coming out of that. Yeah. yeah. And now, and then there's the candy fair that <coughs> happens, like, in Nevada, too. And, you know, that's a to up-demand and get pe- the, dis- the distributors to order these new candies, like... I was very excited when they announced the uh, mini Reese's cups that no longer needed to be unwrapped. Like, what? Huge. I've not. Is this something coming out or? No, it came out last year, but I it was never even seen. You didn't hear about that no. the ship. You got to keep up on your candy fair. I know. He's <laughs> <laughs> like candy fair. That just reminds me of that episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> I don't actually know what it's with the gummy Venus to yeah. Like that's that's every time you say candy fair, that's just what I'm, I'm not, imagining. Not even sure what it's called, but I. I used to listen to this one podcast that used to be on the air called Munchcast, and uh, 
there was actually coverage. He, he th- in all honesty, he thought it was about lesbian porn. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's like, man, when they say candy, I know they're talking about vagina. Well, that's really weird because the first episode I listened to was slushies. So. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds gross now. Oh. Uh, you have anything else on your list there, Paul? And corn dogs. No. Uh, yeah. Guys, what do you think about the new Xbox dashboard that was delayed a whole day? It was delayed. It was supposed to come out on a Tuesday of this past week, and it got delayed almost a whole day uh, with issues. Basically, uh, I don't know why, but Major Nelson had to go on Twitter and say, Yep, slightly delayed. Thanks for your patience. Day Still not- coming. Yeah, That's I mean, bad. was really people like waiting on you know well, ends yeah. of their seats like when oh, they, the new dashboard. When they, I didn't even know it was coming. All I said, I turned my it. I turned my Xbox on out, and I was like, Peace. "Oh, I'm getting a new upload." And Chris was like, "Oh, you're getting it." And then we downloaded, and then we kind of looked at it. Mm-hmm. I really like. I was a fan of the older one, yeah. like to to go, th- you know, to, to uh-huh. flip through the different levels. But I kind of like everything's really grouped. Like yeah. right when you turn on, I can, I can just do about anything right there. I can go right for to my Netflix. I can go right to a game. I can go right to. Wait, my, how do you go right to a Netflix? The, um, my apps. Quick play. Yeah, or yeah. No, quick play. You can just go right down um, underneath whatever game you have mm-hmm. in your system at that time. Right below that is Quick Play, where like the last. It's not just games. Like well, okay. you know how before, if you had arcade games, like it would uh-huh. pull them up and like sequence of last time you played it. Mm-hmm. This is everything. So if you like played an arcade game, it'll be like the most recent thing. If you watch Netflix before that, that'll be the second thing. Okay. Um, I really like it. Yeah. I mean, I like the new update for Netflix. Really? A yeah. lot of people are saying that's slower, a little clunkier. I, I really enjoy it. But to watch to watch seasons of a show. Yeah. Like the credits are rolling, you click and you start the next episode. It gives you it tells you what yeah. happens in that episode. And it goes right into it. It's it's great. I, I, I do enjoy I that feature. And I use Netflix mostly for DV shows, so the fact that that's where it's really noticeable, mm-hmm. I love it because it's no longer like, okay, this episode's done, I have to back out of the menu yeah. to go to the list. Like Sometimes scroll down to the next uh-huh. episode, sometimes it's already available to be played. It, it's all right there. Yeah. Like, I like it a lot. Yeah. I like it. I um, I've seen some... Like, the indie developers are actually complaining about the new dashboard, though. Yeah, because it does make indie games harder to find um, in the games on, marketplace. On Kotaku.com, they made a note. You have to have 17 button presses to go through the menus to get to where the indie games are. It's actually, like, the second last option before original Xbox games. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I don't ever look at the indie games anyways, so maybe that's why it's back there. Not not because yeah. of me. I'm not saying like I decided this. But you are the guy that put Rosa Parks in the back of the bus. Oh oh no, I love she was a sweet old woman. <laughs> um it's just I don't know, like I'd rather browse the arcade games because the indie games, there's never really been anything there that made me say like, oh I would download a demo of this even. I don't there's, know. Huh? I mean there's I made a game with zombies? Yeah, Paul, I watched you play that for like five minutes and I was like, I'm so annoyed by this shit. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I did enjoy that game. Mm-hmm. Um Johnny Biscuits uh, puzzle adventure? No. I, I think for every I'm trying to remember all the ones that were wrote for up every, website. For <laughs> every one indie game that's good that you 
will play for a day, uh-huh. there's like 250 bad ones that you got to scroll through. You know, so I mean, yeah, it, they're not they're not great, mm-hmm. but I guess every once in a while you find that you know the diamond in the rough. Yeah. Um, in the rough. But yeah, it, it is hard. Shit. Oh, I turned my Xbox on. Xbox on. I want to play this or that. Oh wait, I got to scroll through all these indie games. You know, if you want to check out indie games or see what's happening, okay, you got to hit 17 buttons. Uh, you know, if it's something you're into, you'll have it. And honestly, yeah. we have to say, for the indie developers, that is one less button press it is to start a game of Final Fantasy thirteen. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that might not actually be true. <laughs> it just feels that way when I no, try I, to play I, Final I feel Fantasy XIII. Like, I feel like I did count it one time. I think <laughs> it's like 13 times you have to hit like A or a, X yeah, or whatever it was. Load up your game. It was game. nuts. But uh, yeah, I think indie development already suffers from them not being able to market their video games. Honestly, uh, and there's very little websites that actually talk about the indie games that actually are released. It's hard to figure out which ones are the diamonds in the rough because there are the 200 bad ones out there to wait through all mall to find the good one. It is difficult uh, then to put them 17 run presses behind, you know, to get to even to look at. I can understand the complaint because it is just so difficult. Or the cream to rise to the top in that in the indie development scene, uh, it is just crazy. I know there's an indie games uh, GFC every year uh, award that's given out, but there's so many people competing for those. Like, and there's spot. so many. They're just so. I mean, like I understand it's people just trying to make something, but there's these seem so cheaply made. They're not very good. You know? They are. Cheaply made because usually it's one or two people doing no, 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 it. No, I know. But then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you find that one, and it's it's the one that you hear about. Like, uh-huh. oh, you got to check this game out. It's awesome. And then you do, and you're like, oh yeah, I like this. You know. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's like, oh, we're way back here. You're not going to be in the front. You know, you're not. You're not putting out anything important. The guy, <laughs> wow. You're not. The guy next to you might be. You know. <laughs> But you're not. <laughs> the guy next to you. It's the same. Uh, I understand the play. I, I I realize the play. We we talk about mainstream comic books here. Yes. It is hard for like indie developers in any medium to get their stuff out marketed and get up up on the bookshelves or get it into theaters. Or to break it into the books that we are going to talk about in our main topic. <laughs> in fact, I don't know if there's any indie book that we've really... Johnny, you used to pick indie books all the time during the Week in Geek. I still do. How about this week? No, I'm going with Marvel. Yeah, which book? Because that brings us right <laughs> into the Week in Geek. Uh, I'm going to go with um, Captain America, number six. Um... Hopefully, not hopefully, but uh, I think wrapping up that first big story arc with um, Brew Baker and um, McNiven. Steve McNiven, um, just enjoying the writing, enjoying the action, and, and enjoying that artwork. Um, and I mean, right, right, right now you have Captain America in the Dream World fighting against the um, what do I can't Kim, yeah, it's like he's like he's like the spirit, or he's got one of those kind of names, like the agent. Something like that. Yeah. Um, fighting in that Probably dream not world. Spirit. No, no, no it's, it's something like that. 
Um, the not the specter either. I can't believe I can't remember that guy's name. The ghost. The gray ghost. No. Ghost that walks. Um, <laughs> um, sidebar, gray ghost. I'm so glad they actually introduced the gray ghost in Batgirl because it was one of those characters I always wanted them to kind of bring out of the animated series because I thought that was one of like my all-time favorite Batman animated series episodes. I just, you know, looking back at it, when I originally watched it, I didn't realize it was NM West. Yeah. But re-watching it on DVD and being like, Oh, this is an awesome homage it, it's to the great thing about that like, the old Batman. Not series. just like episode, but like, that entire series is it's a love letter to everything Batman yeah. is and was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that was kind of cool. Chum. You know, like, <laughs> he even does the old jump thing. Yeah. Like, how didn't I know this as a kid? I'm an idiot. Well, I mean, how old were you when that came out? You're probably like seven or eight. Yeah. Ninety four. So yeah. I don't know. I watched all the old. Reruns of the Adam West Batman. Yeah, so did I. But I hardly got to see any of the reruns of the Adam West Batman. They were on like Nick at Night, so I only saw them at my grandparents. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah, I watched very little television as a kid. Spent a lot of time in front of the TV. Spent a lot of time reading books, like Paul over here did. So I know yeah. he's looking forward to something. But yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, <clears throat> kind of like what we were talking about with Doctor Who. These great. Big ideas, these crazy ideas, and also, uh, you know, writers <coughs> get these big ideas. Jonathan Hickman is still bringing it with the Shield number four, and listeners might be like, "Paul, you picked that book already, like months and months ago," and I might have, but this is volume two oh. of the Shield number four. It's still good. It does take rereading for me to really get it, especially like. In issues like I don't blame anybody for picking it up in the trade. Mm-hmm. Like I think it reads better all at once than single issue to single issue, especially with this volume where it seems like it's not quite monthly. Yeah, it's just like they're on issue four, but I feel like it's been going on for quite a while longer than four months. Question for you, Paul, and I pose this, knowing full well that we're doing our monthly look back. You use the number four there, like. Four times, I think. Uh-huh. What do you think about um, Human Torch coming back? It's you, you knew it was going to happen. You, are you, are like, you surprised that they pulled it this soon already? I mean, here we are, like five, six months after it happened. No, not even not. that much. Was it? No, sure? it's much longer. It's uh, over a full year. Has it been a year since? Yeah, it's been about a year because it was FF number eleven, and you had the month after it, which was still Fantastic Four, and. Number Fantastic Four number 12 just came out, so it's been a year. Has it been a year, really? Unless there was quite a bit of double shipping. I don't know. It does feel... It doesn't seem that way, because it seems like, like we... Oh, he we, got... It was... It, I don't know. Here's the thing. I was going to say... We were recording... We were recording in the in the kitchen. In Studio... No. When he died? Studio B... Studio A. Monthly look back, we did the book... Where, like, the thing is, like, fighting with Hulk and the uh-huh. Thor and the thing. Yeah. That was done upstairs. You're right. But was that when I was living there? Or yes. when you guys were living there? Okay. So, I, I think it probably was a year. You might have, yeah. We might have been talking about it mm-hmm. I can, in December, going into January. Um, um, FF number one came out in March of 2011. So March, April, May, June, July, August, September, 
November. October, November. We're in December now. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, 10 Eight months. months. Um, How would you come up with 10? Because there was the month before that. He died, but there was a, still the Fantastic Four still came out okay. after his death, after that issue where he died, because there was the that indie writer, indie artist, like, looking book about the day after. Oh, I can't remember that. It yeah. was really good. It was I think probably, we were downstairs, though. When we when talked we about this. recorded. His death. His death stuff. But the, the response to it, we did talk about it upstairs. But that's... that's who's but, listening to this that understands I'm, upstairs and downstairs? I don't know. Studio A and B, sorry. Yeah, no big deal. Uh, Can't even yeah, say that anymore. It's, it's, yeah. almost, it's almost been a year. And <clears throat> issue 600, like, he kind of knew there was something big. I was just surprised. I was not going to buy that book because I'm like, I can't spend... Seven dollars on a single comic book, and Don's like, "I'll give it to you for five. And John's like, "It's all new stuff. There's no reprints, nothing but it's all new story." And I'm like, "Well, how many like pages in the back are just going to be like pinups? Yeah, yeah. That, that I don't want or sketch or like or just the like that version. Say that big page like saying, "Buy this book. Yeah. Buy this book. None of that. That's actually kind of cool. One, almost 100 pages." You know, I picked that up and I kind of flipped through it and I was like, eh, I don't need to yeah. drop this money on it. If you're not reading the Fantastic Four, then you didn't need to read it. But if you want to keep up with the Fantastic Four and how it splits off now from FF and the recoming, the coming back of Fantastic Four number one, then you'll definitely want to pick it up. Um, it's definitely worth the money. Chris, yes. what is worth the money? And remember, Shield number four. Um, <laughs> Shield number four. Jonathan <laughs> Um, I'm also going with the number four. Uh, mine's actually Batman and Robin. Yeah. Um, I'm really enjoying this book. I like Pete Tomasi as a writer. Um, Pat Gleason, I love him as an artist. He does just like those fun like pages and panels that when you look at it, just like you said when we yeah. were doing our like the new Fifty Two number ones, like he has those iconic. Batman shots in there, mm -hmm. and like every single issue so far has had one of those moments where you just open up to that page and you're like, "This is a fucking Batman book." Yeah. Like, not that you ever doubted it, but just when you see that splash or whatever, you're just like you, you sit there and it's like I kind of lean back and I'm like, "Beautiful." You're like, "It's a Batman book." It's a what? What can you say? A Batman book is a Batman book. <laughs> John, John, who's wrong about his pick for the Batman book? <laughs> um, I think we all have picked a different Batman detective book. Detective Comics. As, Fuck you, John. You were a big proponent yeah. of the Batman, the Detective Comics, and Batman before it was Detective yeah. Comics. Oh, so that's just, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like it. I can't get through that one. I accidentally um, picked it up this past week, though. <laughs> because yeah. it says Batman all on top, and then detect in Detective Comics, and I'm like, oh, the new Batman. That's why I order my books. Takes out all the guesswork. Like ah, um, like this book is crap. What happened? <laughs> you're like you're reading like oh, I think John would like this. <laughs> what kind of poop is this? What kind of poop? That's why when I was watching the trip, I'm like, do you think John would like this? Oh, <laughs> Remember? Yes. I kept on being like, this is kind of quirky, British-y kind of stuff that was going on here. You're like, this is the detective comics <laughs> of movies. But Pete Tomasi, such a good writer on Batman and Puppet. 
This will probably be one of the books that I will cut because I'm getting my Batman from Batman. And I was actually thinking about this when I was um, ordering my books. And I was like, I'm buying Batman. I'm buying Batman and Robin. I don't pick up Detective Comics. I don't pick up Dark Knight. I was like, do I need to buy two Batman books? And I was kind of considering. I was like, which one would I buy if I yeah. could only pick up one? And I honestly think I would go with Batman and Robin because I do like the way Tomasi writes Damien. Mm-hmm. As much as I love uh, what Scott Snyder's doing, yeah. this is like the Batman book for me right now. But I don't know. Luckily, I'm in this position where I don't have to pick just one, yeah. and I can get that Scott Snyder Batman, which ties in with Nightwing, supposedly, yeah, seemingly. seemingly. And I, I can still get my Batman and Robin and enjoy them both for what they are. And we can enjoy a beer like Speaking Miller. of which, something we might enjoy, how about this Christmas ale that we've been talking about for weeks? <laughs> yes. Secretly, behind your back, listeners, we don't record everything we do. <laughs> Because you don't love us enough. And if you did, we would record it all. Yes. Um, you don't leave reviews, so, yeah. We have before us the Great Lakes Brewing Company Christmas Ale. I picked this up just because I saw it and I was like, oh, Great Lakes, Cleveland, Ohio. They're, they're local. <laughs> they're, just, they're just a couple states away from us. Their stuff's readily available here. I was like, hey, Christmas Ale, it's that time of year. I'll grab it. Lo and behold, here it is. Christmas in a bottle. Tastes like fucking Christmas. Yeah, it it does have a slightly weird aftertaste for me, but it never tastes of like holiday cheer. Yeah, what is, is that, that? Is that taste aftertaste of? of like you sitting there looking at all the wrapping paper? It's a little sweetness that I'm getting, but I can't place the flavor. I'm not seeing that. Yeah, I I was actually yeah. gonna say like it has like a pine tree mm-hmm. like, yeah. taste to it. But you still get just like mm-hmm. that nutmeggy cinnamon, that holiday spice that. Oh, we, it does say and honey. and honey that we constantly talk about. So yeah, yeah. this is yeah. It, it says spiced with cinnamon, ginger, honey, and Yuletide cheer. Yeah, I, I taste that Yuletide cheer a lot. Um, if you are in a position to buy a Christmas ale, mm-hmm. and, From you Great see, Lakes. and you see Great Lakes there, just. Don't even look at anything else. Don't make eye contact with it. They're all Grinches. Yeah. Yeah. This does not have that subtle, like, no flavor, and then you get the spice at the end like Breckenridge did. That might, again, be because of the shipment process. Remember how we were talking about with Goose Island? Oh, yeah. Like, if you're out there and you can send us a fresh bottle of Goose Island, please do. It's very Uh, good fresh. Or on tap. mm -hmm. Because we haven't been able to find Mm -hmm. it. But, uh, yep, this is this is the champion. We we it, tried. We it, tried it to is. knock we, it down. We, we did. Oh, no. And we all went going in going, well, Chris is going to win. Yeah. Like, <laughs> He's got it because this... And this is the beer that said, let's try the other ones. Yeah. yeah. This is the reason I'm like... So well, basically, we, try to we all win because yeah. of this yeah. beer. This was King of the Mountain, and we tried to find another beer to knock it off. Yeah, we, we tried to dethrone this it. Is it. So let's do the power rankings if we can remember them all. Um... I, I really just got to do the top three. Yeah. And I think it's Great Lakes, Anchor Steam, Breckenridge. and Breckenridge. Yeah. yeah. If you want a really good hoppy, hop-ass beer, Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada. Yeah. Sierra Nevada celebration. celebration. Okay. If you want a hoppy, hop-ass beer, like that is, I have to swear in the middle. And you know how much I don't like swearing since the first three episodes. That is hop. Hop. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, Zevenly is a very it's a it's a happy beer. I liked it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's, you don't just not Christmas. You don't yeah, rank it as a Christmas beer. No. And those three, the, I mean, Anchor Steam, it has that it kind of flavor to it where you go, uh, yeah, Christmassy. You know, it's got yeah. a little bit of that. The Southern Tier Old Man, as like when we let it sit for a while and we got away from the uh, yeah. dryness of the hops in our mouth and we started drinking it some more, it really did turn a corner for me. It's a good beer, but I think I think Again. we should have drank that. I like Sarah Bad. I was like, oh, it shouldn't be too bad, but oh. I think it just blew our taste buds out yeah. tasting anything else that we had. And the old man was very good on retrospect, right? Like, oh yeah, I, yeah. Old man, I think Christmas we've we've reviewed it uh-huh. before on the beer. We, we had it just recently with Randy. Yeah, and it was good, but yeah, I don't know. This I bought a six to bring. For the podcast, but uh-huh. I picked up a second one because um, Paul had his annual Christmas party, and I was hey, like, cheers. "Hey, cheers!" Hey, cheers! I was like, "Hey, I need Christmas beer to bring to this," so I, I brought one last night, and I pa- I passed one off to Matt, um, mm-hmm. brother to Ed, friend of the show, and I was like, "It's so good!" And he took a sip of. He's like, "Yeah, that's Christmas." Yeah. And like, it's even better when you let it sit and warm up yeah. and just open because you get that. Spice to it a little bit more. I'm going to open it up. By yeah, I was going to. Pour, I was actually just going to pour mine out too. I have to eat the cookie that I rusted on my glass, though. Um, pour it into a glass here. And let it's it it's so good. Bit. It's so good. But uh, yeah, it is so good. Paul <laughs> licks the bottle after he poured it. Well, it had a little bit of. Oh, it had a little bit of. I didn't want to mess up my table. Just clean. Just didn't want to lose any you know beer. How much cleaning we Kate did today. <laughs> I was about to say me, and I've been doing the cleaning. It's all Kate. And, uh, but yeah, this is, uh, something we can just, ah, enjoy the moment. <laughs> I know. I'm just... It's so good. It's just reminds you of Christmas's past. L- let's time mark it and just enjoy this beer for a little bit. Hi, this is Kyle Stevens. And this is Jim Demonacos. And we're a Kirby Crackle. And you're listening to Bagged and Board Podcast. Delicious. I was drinking through that whole bump. Thanks, Kirby uh, Crackle. Um, but we're here. It's that time of the month again. No, we're not bleeding. It's time to look at our comic books from November. Um, we've got three issues this time. We've got one from Vertigo, two from Marvel. Um, where do you guys want to start off? Let's uh, start off with Vertigo because it's the lone wolf in this situation. Right? All right. Or the lone monkey? One dollar yeah. for the first issue. It's one of nine. Um, Brian Azzarello. 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 <laughs> Azzarello is a Batman character. <laughs> Take another drink. <laughs> and Eduardo Riso uh, on our duties. And uh, this is a classic Vertigo book. Uh, by classic, I mean it's printed on newsprint, like the old style newsprint, not glossy pages. It's a concept, an idea that doesn't fit in mainstream comic books, and um, I'm not sure where it's going after the first issue, which is very different for me in a Vertigo book. Yeah. Like, I get the hook. Is it because it's not a murder mystery? It isn't a... Well, (laughs) Well, actually, missing person? Yeah, it's still a noir. There's a mystery to it? it, There's a noir element. Yes. Because it's a guy uh, throwing his... It's it's there is a mystery that's happening and uh, it's a dark future a dystopian future that is the setting uh, where apparently 
internet speak has taken over. Uh, there's a need for metal. And uh, America's somewhat fallen apart, but still have super big star, you know, film stars and celebrities, and they've become all important. And uh, we've been to Mars. Yes. Yeah. But it's not humans that have been to Mars. It's genetically modified species. Uh, genetically modified species yeah. developed solely for the purposes of surviving the trip to Mars. Yeah. And it, this story follows a veteran of that plight, um, who's called Oki. I think so. I, we don't really. Yeah. I don't really understand the names, and. Um, and also, but they call him Spaceman, and uh, he's back and trying to etch out a life for himself. As he a, works as like the sal- like salvage, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, as a fisherman, a salvage, and he's a little bit of a drug addict, and a little bit of, and he has a very weird, a relationship with a um, internet uh, porn star. I'm guessing. It, it, it's almost like one of those like would they just you, throw all these dystopian ideas yeah. at it, the the future at it? It's very much like she's it's, like a porn star, but it's kind of like one of those like oh you pay by yeah like the minute almost to like you know to talk to her yeah you thing. you hook up all these nodes to yourself, yourself. Yeah. to get the sensation you know it's all there in the book yeah but. That's something even William Gibson talked about, like in his futuristic novels, where you'd have these like films that just kind of plug your mind into, and have them played out. Like that's the porn of the future. Even Ben yeah. Stein talked about like having something attached to yourself to get the sensation. And they, like I'm like they, there's a whole bunch of this future. Like let's just throw this at it. It's it's very much like it's the first issue. How can we show people what our future's like? Yeah. Based so you have, like, all now. this just difference, like, way of speaking, which is very jarring when, like, yeah. you just start picking up the book, almost to the point where it's unreadable. Like, yeah. I am a fan of picking up, like, my first issues of a Vertigo book mm-hmm. and then buying the trade later. I couldn't even finish this one. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very hard, and I... I skimmed some parts because it's like I don't think this has anything to do with yeah it's what, just what, you know, what it is. Uh, it, it only has nine issues to get through. It's one I, of nine. It's yeah, but, to set that kind of stuff up, everything should be important to the story. Yeah, um, I like the cover, cover like art, Dave Johnson cover. Yeah, yeah, and. I mean, the the art isn't great, but it captures... It does a really good job of capturing the the bleakness of this future world. Uh, You know, like, just that is... You know, that's... It's really nice looking, this. this, You know, the splash page here. I spent a whole uh, semester in college doing dystopian literature. And... I have read, read so many better dystopian mm. novels and dystopian short stories than what is set up here. This is just taking what he sees in the present day and just, like I was saying, just throwing it. Just throwing it into here, into this thing. And none of it sets a cohesive world for me that it makes sense. And 
there's nothing in it that's likable about your main character yeah. that you're going to be following. Like, but because he gets very little screen time for actual character development. You get a little bit of a flashback here and there, but you don't know what his place is in the world at all. But that, that's honestly, that's how Brian Azarello writes up. He doesn't make likable characters. Right. Um, if he's bringing a character that you like, that he's doing something wrong because that's not what he wants. Okay. Like, would, would you actually like hear the guy speak? You can tell he's one of those people that just thinks everyone is shit. Um, and I feel like it does come across in his writing. Like, because mm-hmm. he does kind of just live in that area where it's just grays and blacks. Like that said, there is no light to any of it. Um, I loved Hundred Bullets, Paul. I know you tried it, and didn't care for did it. John, did you read Hundred Bullets? At all? I read the first two trades. Okay, and this is the I same didn't team. mind. Yeah, it. same team. Uh, Brian Azzarello, Eduardo Rizzo on art. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they have a good working relationship together. They actually took over Batman after Jim Lee left mm-hmm. back in the early two yeah. thousands, and a lot of people didn't like that. I I really enjoyed it. That's what kept me on Batman because mm-hmm. I had never been buying like the Batman like single issues before Jim Lee and uh, Jeff Lowe were writing it. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it enough, and Brian Azzarello and Edward Rizzo kept me on it. Like, they were the reason I stayed buying Batman. Because they... I mean, when you read this book or Hundred mm-hmm. Bullets, they have that kind of pulpy, just like that crime noir feeling. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, with them on Batman, it makes sense. And I feel like coming off the straight superhero-ness uh-huh. that was the Hush Arc, it was kind of like... Throwing people for a loop, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's much more a story that probably would have been told in something like Detective Comics. After having a nice, great seven-course <clears throat> meal, and then suddenly you're sur- sorbet, maybe sorbet isn't what you were looking for. And I guess that's what the Brian Azzarello run was, you know, because that was a superhero feast. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I couldn't finish this issue. I actually just read the last half of it before we started recording. Uh-huh. Um, something, if the, the trade comes out and it's like 10 bucks, I would probably buy it just to dollar If it was read kept at a dollar an issue? Yeah. Um, I, I, I can see it being like, I'd top out at like fourteen ninety nine to pick up the trade. Um, just yeah. to actually give it the full shot. I, I didn't buy this. John, you picked this one up. Yeah. I, I think I got, I think I got issue two coming too, cause I pre-ordered uh, it. I'm sorry. Hey, you live and you learn. Um, that's why I don't pre-issue. That's you know why I don't. I just go and pick it off, off the stamps. That's why I pick up the first issues and I order after that. Because I'll just go in and I'll tell Don, the guy that runs our comic book shop, that like, hey, I uh, didn't order this, but can you can you pull them for me if it's something I like? Because mm-hmm. that's actually what I wound up doing with some of the uh, 52 stuff. That I only ordered like the first issue to get it. And everything else that I wanted, I just kind of passed along that note. Nice. <clears throat> Maybe, uh, I know number two came out already. Um, I don't know what... I, I, I haven't heard anything about it, though. Yeah. No, I, I have I saw it on the shelf, and I'm like, yeah, three bucks? I can't do it for three bucks. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I mean... It, it, didn't, it didn't sell me, mm-hmm. you know? But, uh, I mean, it was... I appreciate um, Brian Azzarello. Yay! I, I do enjoy his work. He, I am a huge fan and have all my um, Hellblazer trades autographed by him, or almost all of them. Um, you know, I do really enjoy his work, 
you loved his you like you're liking his Wonder Woman. Yes. You know, so it was just something like I'll check it out. I yeah. I trust him. I understand where he's going with it, but it's just not interesting to me. Maybe if I I'm forced I pretty much forced to pick up issue two, I'll check it out. Maybe maybe, maybe things, I get into it. Maybe things change. Yeah. I we kinda yes. talked about the cover briefly before, but um Dave Johnson usually winds up doing the covers for all of Brian Azzarello's stuff. Um he did all of the Hundred Bullets covers. He also did uh Johnny Double, which was like a four issue miniseries that Azzarello and Rizzo did like before Hundred Bullets came out. Um he did the covers for that as well. And it, he does awesome, awesome cover work. Like, if you see any of his cover stuff, it has a very striking way of just, mm-hmm. like, standing out off the shelves. Um, it's not your typical comic book covers. And he actually just started a blog mm-hmm. where every week he goes through and picks, like, the cover winners and the cover losers mm-hmm. from, like, the shelf. I do like his, uh, his like, design on it. Like, the actual, like, layout of the Spaceman and the writers and everything, you know. Uh, but... The actual image itself is just so kind of grotesque. Mm. Like, it was really something that pushed me off this book. And it took... I did pick it up, but it did take the really hard sale from Don, who does do the hard sell pretty well. <laughs> you know? It, this like, is the guy that used to bring out the uh, picture of his kids to get yes. buy a book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, it did take... He's like, you're enjoying the Wonder Woman, you know... <laughs> Hundred bullets, Don. I didn't like hundred bullets. Well, this is different, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It, it, it honestly is, is different. Yeah, um, uh, just you know, I, I think I'm just spoiled on dystopian novels, just because a whole semester in college focused on that. Awesome course. If you can find that course anywhere, definitely take <laughs> it. But be wary because anytime you see anything that is slightly dystopian future. It, you will be so spoiled after reading, you know, like we uh, do Android Stream for Electric Sheep. You know, it's there's so many, so much good out there, and I think less really does fall short. And I think this is less. I think this falls short. Um, yeah, it's not interesting enough of the world. It doesn't set up enough of the world for me to really get into it for a first issue. I need I need a lot more than. Just this idea, you know, just, like I said, a montage of ideas thrown at the wall. Yep. Um, let's go into stuff that's a little bit more focused. It's X-Men, Wolverine and the X-Men, and we also have Uncanny X-Men coming out of uh, X-Men uh, Schism. And, also, and this is them trying to really put a new brand you know, with Regenerous, Regenesis on top of who the X-Men are. And we have one going to back to school, quite literally, with Wolverine and the X-Men, and Uncanny X-Men, which is the superhero book. Guys, which one do you guys want to talk about first? Which one do you think was better? Um, Let's give the vote right away. I have to say, I like them both, I think, equally, because they're two different kinds of books. Yeah. Okay. I, I definitely agree. It and is definitely school superhero. Exactly. And right in the beginning of of um, Uncanny X-Men, Scott Summer tells you, we are of the heavy hitters. We are the guys that look gods in the, in the face. And don't blink. And don't blink. And that's what this book is set up to be. And that's what it is. And Wolverine is 
you know, it's it's going. It's them at school. It's trying to set up the um, back to school, back to school. Set up the Xavier, you know, the Xavier, Xavier School, which is now with the Jean Grey. Yeah. Um, and great thing about this is the art just captures. It captures the school. Okay, it's, let's talk about. Yeah, let's, let's do Wolverine, Wolverine and the X Men. Let's. Um, John, when we did the. Uh, the schism books. Mm-hmm. You made mention that you loved the cover, and you were sad that that artwork wasn't mm-hmm. done inside the book. And as soon as like I picked this up, I was like, "Yeah, this is Chris Pacello on art." Yeah. Um, was this the one that's done by Jason Aaron? Yes, so this okay. is written by Jason Aaron. Jason okay. Aaron is like doing all the Wolverine books. I just want to make sure. Um, and he's if you want a darker, this is definitely the Wolverine that takes kids under his wing and protects them. If you want the darker, like, we'll slash and hack through, then definitely read as, uh, Jason Aaron's Wolverine title itself, because everything I hear about that is just, like, gut-wrenching him tearing shit up. Yeah. Uh, what I do love is in the art is they draw him as the shorter, hunched-over... Yeah. Bruiser. Muscle. Bruiser kind of guys. And that's what I like about Chris Pacello's artwork. Um, Body shapes. He used to have... A very different style when he first started off. Like you can kind of see mm-hmm. how it's progressed over time. But um, everyone he draws, I shouldn't say everyone because his females usually wind up looking kind of similar with like their facial features. Uh-huh. But everyone has something that really sets them apart from everyone else in the face. Like I feel like faces are such a huge thing in comic books. Like mm-hmm. you need to be able to draw stuff differently, and he does fantastic facial work. Like. His expressions are awesome. Like, not everyone's just, like, sitting there, like, uh-huh. mouth closed, gritting their teeth like some yeah. artists do. Jiggly. Um, it's... He does amazing comic book artwork. And yeah. he has this very, like... It's yeah. kind of cartoony, but it's still hyper-detailed. Mm-hmm. Which is what I love about it. There's still yeah. a lot of cross-stetching, hatching, or, uh, you know... It, there's, yeah, detail in it, but it is very cartoony. Uh, like, everything is kind of elongated, you know, and everything's kind of stumped. Like, body shapes are distorted to give you character in the actual models of of the run, of the character renderings. And, um, like, even Kitty Pride, like, her legs get, like, super long and narrow, and I'm like, where is her knee in some <laughs> of the pictures? But that kind of works to have the juxtaposition of stumpy Wolverine and also yeah. the, you know, really tall Kitty Pride. Um, some of the layouts are really fun, especially the one he just picked uh, past, which was with Quentin. Is yeah, Quentin Choir. Choir, yeah. With I'm a Political Prisoner. There is a lot of fun in this book. A lot of very whimsical ideas. Uh, the whole premise of this is Wolverine has reopened, has, not reopened, but recreated Xavier School, as we said, as the Jean Grey School of Higher Learning, and has off and uh, has positioned Kitty Pride to be the headmistress, and he's the headmaster. Um, and in order for this school to actually operate, they need the uh, New York Board of Education to come in and actually approve this place as a school. Um, and it's us, us as the readers getting a tour along with these two, uh, people from the Board of Education 
to be approved, and it's the first day of class, and uh, there's a lot of hiccups. It's it's very much like a Murphy's Law of yeah. w- what would happen at a school for Little, mutants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like when I was sitting here reading this, I was like, oh my god, this is an X-Men book written for Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is like quirky and has that fun and that family feeling to it. Yeah, yeah. And right in like, I think it's either like the first or the second page, you have Wolverine talking to Professor X. Who I didn't know was Professor X until he said Professor X. See, I, I saw because, him and I knew, but... Well, I, the thing is, he's out of a wheelchair. Yeah. And I've been reading X-Men books and I still don't know he's out of a wheelchair. The last time I've seen him, he was dead yeah. or in a coma in X Men Legacy. I don't well, even it's know. Professor X, he's always either going to be dead in a coma or walking. Like yeah. it, there's yeah. something always up with him. Or in a wheelchair. Or in a wheelchair. Yeah, it's fifty fifty between all of those things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it happens more than one hundred percent of the time. But like he's giving Wolverine advice on how mm-hmm. to run the school, and there's like just that moment where Wolverine's like, "Don't say baseball," and it was at that point I was like, "Yep." Yeah, he, for Paul. Jason Aaron, nails, I think, all of the character voices, except for Beast, which seems a little too, like, in his own world, in I, this, I, and not actually paid attention. He's like, oh my, I like that. See, he's a little too much Mr. Fantastic here, where he's, like, doing his own thing and can't be bothered by what's going around with that. I, well, I, around I, him. I, what, and Beast always seemed to be... Very much in the be, moment. He always seemed to be calm, cool, and collective yeah. because you were just walking in on him. He was doing an experiment. Mm-hmm. Now he's building and recreating and has all everything going wrong. And even even says, like, <laughs> if you weren't bringing me another cup of coffee, don't have anything to do with me because I... I just opened up this There's dimensional. I just this opened up this dimensional. This floor just turned to lava. Like, yeah, I don't. Uh, know. Toilets are shooting fire. fire. He's he's going haywire. Well, the toilets got... are shooting fire because he programmed them to. <laughs> that's danger. But Which yeah, is, yeah, yeah, very yeah, much. I, I like the fact that it's like danger school now too. Yeah, it's like yeah. they can just do whatever. Yeah, any room can be danger room at any time. But that's why you get this beast because. He's not just that guy like, oh, I was working on this serum. He's, mm-hmm. oh, shit, I got so much crap going on. Don't don't come to me with this. I got an intergalactic <laughs> shipment coming in, yeah. guys. Um, got, yeah, the Shi'ar bringing something. Like, I, I don't have time for this. And I like that. I like that about him. Just that, just and, that first bit, too, of him. And it's fun, too, because... They go to Beast to be like, uh-huh. okay, well, let's show them that... He is the guy that will sweet-talk these people, and everything will be fine. And it's, it's just that, like, everything's going wrong. Yeah. And, of course, Beast is usually unflappable, but... Yeah, exactly. Just... That's what I'm expecting. But now you're seeing him, like... So, you know, it's like... Very flappable. It's like, this is... Okay, this guy's freaking out about everything. Like, it, it's a fun moment. Yeah. If he's having problems with the gravitational pull of those, like, the spires that are just kind of circling around the school, then why did he build Because he can. He's beast. <laughs> yeah. um, he should have got Forge on that shit. Forge would have had it done. You know why? Because Forge first appeared in what book? X-Factor. Oh, Paul loves X-Factor. I don't know if he first appeared <laughs> no, in X-Factor. No, he didn't. It was, like, was it X-Force? Uh, it was X-Force or just an X-Men. Yeah. Uh, all I know is, like, the first time I saw Forge was in X-Factor, so... This... Wolverine and the X-Men was actually the first of these Regenesis books that I actually read. Mm-hmm. And as I was reading, I was like, I'm looking... Other than Regenesis number one, the one shot that yeah. I gave you to read. And we were but, you know, like, the actual X-Men books. Yeah. Um, 
And as I was reading this, I was like, wow, this is a book that I I want to read. This is a book I yeah. want to buy. This is finally getting back to the school since Grant Morrison's run. Yeah, it, and it, it's straight down to that with, you know, even like Quentin Quire coming back. Like, yeah. I love the fact that this character is still around and he's still just that malcontent. Like, yeah. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to be unhappy about it. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's kind of like a great foil to the fact that you have Wolverine and Kitty Pride trying to like build this school and you just have him inside there and then you have this new hellfire club which i didn't even know existed that was in the schism yeah yeah that happened at the end of schism um and their kids it was all throughout schism. and also yeah, the um one of the gladiators the gladi the gladiator's son is sent with a warbird with warbird which is his his personal bodyguard um, and to yeah. the school and which there's a brood yeah, yeah. There's a mutant brood. All, he wears glasses. It's yes. fun. All, all it's just... interesting thing. All interesting, fun things about this book that mm-hmm. I would want to. The bamps from the interdimensional uh, gremlins. Yeah. Uh, Jason Aaron takes like every bit of X Men mythos from every part and is just throwing it in this book, which. Makes my head swim. Like I like this book. I like. I I want to like it a little bit more, but I'm an X Men fan that isn't that big of an X Men fan. <laughs> like I am. Like wow, this guy is going all out. Like there is like he's pulling from everything. I don't know where where it all is. Like the infographic at the back of it, which is interesting. It's which fun is that fun. They put in in that. Yeah. Because uh, that this is the this best is, way to get you caught up to who's who in these books. Yeah, but I so don't recognize that many. Yeah, like dope, uh, noop. I kind of recognize from Ecstatics. Yeah, uh, Toad, who like in the pages, like until I said Toad, I had no idea who he was. No, I totally knew who he was. He had the purple gloves and everything, but... You have a short green guy, but in the the book that you made us read before this, he says he'll do anything. He'll clear yeah. the floor, so he'll be yeah. the janitor. Yeah, so as soon as I seen him there, like, I, I knew that was... Yeah, there was the purple go- gloves and the red hair that kind of, like... Oh, and it's Toad. Not, not no, I knew it was right away that it was Toad. And here's the thing is, I haven't read, aside from those issues uh-huh. that you pass off to me, mm-hmm. a X-Men book since Whedon, or Whedon, uh, yeah, Joss Whedon, um, wrote Uncanny. Mm-hmm. I want to read issue two. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely want to pick up this, but my head is literally swimming with everything that is I, I was just taking my time and absorbing everything I could with this book because I was having so much fun with it. And mm-hmm. the thing is, like, right after reading this, I got the new uh, previews catalog, and I was like, man, I can't wait to order the new X-Men books. And I saw the solicitation stuff, and Chris Pacella is not on art. It's my it's my worst enemy in comic books. Mister fucking Greg Land is doing two issues, and I was like, I can't order those. Uh, as much as I love this one, and I'm looking forward to going to the store and actually picking really? up like two and three. He's doing this and not Uncanny. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, it is weird. I would think it would be. You know what? It might have been Uncanny. I can't honestly. I, yeah, it has to be. Honestly, I'm blanking out now because be he's jumping on one of them. It has and to be uncanny, these are two books that if I'm reading one, I want to be reading the other one. Mm-hmm. And since I won't be picking up one of them, I was like, well, that's just taking me out of buying the other one. 
Um, which is really sad. Because the one, actually, it's, I, I'm pretty sure it is on Canon now that I'm thinking about it. It's actually double shipping in like that mm-hmm. month that I was going to be ordering for. And I was like, no, <laughs> I, I can't do it, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know who Cus, uh, Husk is. Last time I saw Chainbury, who was... Um, Generation X. She's uh, Cannonball's younger sister. Uh, she can peel off her skin and have something else underneath it. Yeah. She might be like, you know, glass at one point, but then she can peel that off and be like rock or steel. Or... Last time I remember seeing Chamber, he was depowered because of M-Day. Yeah. And was like barely holding it together. Yeah, he was like actually like being rushed to like the hospital or yeah, something. Because yeah. like he has no body, like because it's yeah. been blown off by his mighty power. Mm-hmm. And all, like armor I remember, but... Like, I didn't read New Mutants, so Anal, Blindfold, Bling, like, Cypher, like, all these yeah. people. And I've been, you know, trying to keep up a little bit, but, man. You I, know, and I think I think that's been my biggest problem with um, with those with those X-Men books that you've brought mm-hmm. to our lookbacks or just try to pass off to us is you don't know who any of these people are, but this book focuses on those main characters right now with yeah. those characters being second yeah. second to third area at all you know mm-hmm. you're not gonna they're gonna be there sprinkled throughout you don't need to really know them you're gonna learn who they are in here and and it's not like when you passed off um, the one X-Men book to us and I was just like I don't know who Dr. Nemesis is yeah. I, I don't know who this is I, I don't know who that guy is. This guy, this guy, who is this? And some of it had to do with the art. Yeah. But. Right land. See, I didn't even know uh, Rachel Gray was old enough to be the professor. I would still think she was a student. Time machine. Exactly. Like, that's the thing. Well, it really seems like Hope is the new, Mm -hmm. like, Rachel Gray. Exactly. She's stepping into that role now. I I do love in the class list, I love your breath sucks. I know, but you still have to learn it. (laughs) <laughs> with Professor Bobby Drake. It's like, alright. No. It's it's fun. And if you've ever liked the X-Men, I think you would have a lot of fun with this book. Yeah. And you you, you see a different side of Wolverine. You know, you're not thinking, oh, it's going to be like this or that. You know, it's it's just got a really fun quality all right, to it. Alright, I'm going to yeah. read in the back of the book. Uh, which classes just, would you like to I just want to step in quick okay. and say, um, this isn't the Wolverine, like, yeah, I'm the best that I am at what I do. Like, um, yeah. He, it's very much Wolverine. Yeah. Gene Gray School of Higher Learning, the best uh, at what we do. Or what is it? The, the best, best there is at what, at what we, do. we do. This is the the Logan. Yeah. It's like, trying to run the school and it just does not work. Yeah. I'm, I'm stepping out of my, I'm stepping out of where I'm the strongest to be something different, to be, to be something different, and everything is falling to shit. Where I could just be clawing some guy's face off. And, um, and that's what I like about it because this is very much the Wolverine that you got in Wolverine like solo series with Jubilee. Like this is him like yeah. wanting to watch over someone, like playing that big brother or uncle almost. Yeah. So which classes would you rather take? Uh, the art of fighting without fighting. With Headmaster Logan, or the art of fighting with fighting, with Headmaster Logan. <laughs> oh, I think I want to take one and the uh, and then the uh, other. Whichever one uh, Betsy Braddock was teaching, because <laughs> they, they Psylocke's were, hot. They were both. Uh, well, Psylocke is on um, Utopia. 
Is she? I thought yeah. she was. No, she's Utopia. Okay. She's their uh, security task force. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she's um, posted up on the statue there. Yeah. All right. Um, mutant literature or sex act? Mutant literature taught by uh, Husk, page Gunthry. Gunthry? Or sex act with Professor Remy LeBute. Oh, I'm, I'm going with yeah. Remy. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, going yeah. to teach you some stuff. All right. You're going to know how to get it with the <laughs> <laughs> hey, mon ami. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to understand his lessons. <laughs> All right. But uh, it's okay. Two from Kitty Pride. Uh, ethics or ethics 101, forgetting everything you learned from Emma Frost. <laughs> or computer hacking 101, only for use to save the day. Exclamation point. Hacking. I, I feel like it'd be more fun to take the ethics because that's when the Kitty's claws come out. <laughs> oh. Thank you. I was right. proud of that. Uh, the answer is all wrong. You both failed. It's whatever uh, class Rogue is teaching. That's... Mm. What is she teaching? Uh, let me see. Let me see. I thought you had it all set up for that joke. <laughs> no, it's diction and li- uh, linguistics. Oh, uh, yeah. False. Oh, no. 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 No, no, it's, it, no, it doesn't matter. She's teaching it, so I'm there. Uh... All right. Anyways, I, I honestly did not look at that stuff. Usually, when there's like that, that you know, matter is pretty funny. The le- like letters to or you know like the shield files mm-hmm. in the back of books. I don't ever read those honestly. So I, I saw that stuff at the back of Wolverine, and I was just like, okay, like and I I closed the book. I was just trying to finish it before we see the podcast. I thought it was fun. That's why I brought it up. No, it's, I, it's very fun. I'm glad you did because I honestly would have never looked at that stuff unless you had brought it up. Uh, if you're listening, please send us your class selections. Contact at BaconWordcast.com. And while you're typing up those emails, we will discuss Uncanny X-Men number one. The superhero. Because they're, they're typing those emails as we're recording. Yeah, because they're on the <laughs> computer listening to this. All right. Um, Who actually wrote this one? Because I honestly don't know. It's Gillian. Uh, Kieran. Kieran Gillian. Yep. Yeah. And Pachenko on art. Carlos Pacheco, who I actually really love as an artist. Um, he has a very nice, just clean style. He does. It's uh, a little bit more realistic, even though it's not realism, but yeah. less cartoony than and what we got with Pachenko. One of um, one of my favorite scenes, just talking about his art right away, is right here. Uh, Magneto looks like an old man. Yeah. yeah. He looks old in every single scene he's in. And I like that, because he should be. He always looks like, oh, he's got white hair, but, yeah, you know, he's this young, handsome, muscular guy. I mean, he looks like a weathered, a weathered man who's been just fighting for his life for years. And I like it. Um, I like, I, I liked this book as well. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um... And again, it's it's not the goofy zany fun that you got with the other mm-hmm. one. It's it's fun as in it's the heavy hitters of well, most of the heavy hitters of an X Men team who are. This book is going to be about them taking on big enemies <laughs> and right honestly right from the get go. I mean, you have Scott like explaining his to his team like this is why we're here. It reminded me so much of Astonishing X Men. Yeah. Like, I honestly felt like it was just straight up lifted yeah. from Astonishing, because it's one of those very much like, no, we're here to fight off the people, we're the super team, let's be the superheroes again. Like, It's not enough to save the day, It's we have to save them from extinction, 
and astonish them. Um, but is I, that what you're saying? Is that you're expecting them to say yes? Astonish them? Yeah. We'll have to be uncanny. <laughs> um, but I I really did enjoy it, and mm-hmm. I mean Scott's a guy that you want leading your team, especially when your team is made up of these people. Yeah. And I mean, just when they're actually at the towards the end of the book when they're going into battle, he's calling off. You guys do this. You guys do that. Like he knows what he's doing. He's always been a natural born leader. Um, and a lot of times, like especially with Wolverine, the writers are too much trying to have those two characters opposing each other, mm-hmm. and you, Scott always loses out to like, Scott. I don't care what you do. I do the best that I do. Exactly. You know, Where this is, you have him really as a leader, standalone, giving the orders and people listening mm-hmm. to him. And I, uh, except for White Queen, who's always she'll listen to him, but she'll she's always yeah. dicky to him. Yeah, and here's the thing: how intimidating is it to be the leader mm-hmm. of a team that has you know Emma Frost, the White Queen, Namor, and Magneto on? Yeah, it, and Danger from Astonishing X Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, it and just the Colossus who could at any time turn into the Demon Juggernaut. Yeah, which I didn't know. Really existed until all of this. Yeah, no, I didn't or know. Paul, it was Paul, a de- Paul filled us in on. I that. didn't really know it was a demon that you know mortgaged his soul to hell. But okay, yeah, who knew? I don't know. Apparently, but, Colossus has no hair, and and apparently, Mister Sinister's still around, just like <laughs> walking through parks, killing people. <laughs> like I was like, oh okay, uh, awakening you, celestials. You're, you're dressed like a pilgrim. Okay, <laughs> weird. Whatever. Well, I did, like right in the beginning. Mr. Sinister, immortal Victorian scientist and mutant, obsessive, powerful mental and physical powers. You know, it's like, you read that and then you see how they drew him and he comes in and you're like, oh, alright. Kind of like the Shade, the Victorian Mm -hmm. kind of character. Like, alright. And this deals with uh, Mr. Sinister coming to town, uh, which is San Francisco. It's still kind of a gay suit. Yeah. And he he's awakening a the sleeping celestial that's been in San, Fr- San Francisco Park for years and years and years. Which I I didn't know there was a celestial. It's in it's San something Francisco. that like, has thought... been in. Like when I said, like my head was swimming, like with all the continuity that was being brought up in X- Wolverine and the X Men. Just as much is being brought up here, like a lot of the stuff from Astonishing Sword with yeah. Agent Brand Danger, which I always liked Agent Brand. Mm-hmm. I liked her relationship with Beast, and uh, it's kind of sad that Beast won't be here to play along with Agent Brand. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, that's, a, that's what I would want to do. No. Yeah. Train with Jesse Braddock. Yeah. But, um, and this basically deals with that kind of fight. It's the X-Men versus the Celestial that is basically falling apart because of what Mr. Sinister did. And, um... Yeah, you get a great team dynamic of Scott leading this very powerful team. And being a little bit too concerned with Emma. And she keeps on berating him for that. Until um, so she loses an arm. Whoa. Which I actually, like, that was like one of those moments where I was like, oh, holy crap. Like, I ne- never saw that one coming. Yeah. It's one of those holy crap moments for me where I'm like, I wonder if that sticks. Yeah. Or if she just picks up the diamond form of her arm and, like, puts, That's puts it up and that happens like, normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I never know. But that's what comic books is. You yeah, know? you never know what's going to stick and what's not. She might be armless for a couple issues, and then mm-hmm. someone someone's like, "Oh no, we can regrow it." Yeah. 
Um, but I like the thing that I think is stupid is and I okay oh I'm gonna turn into the juggernaut I have a costume again and this kick-ass juggernaut helmet yeah like it, it's just kind of I don't know because the juggernaut wore that helmet to protect himself from Professor X yeah yeah I don't understand the whole demon thing and I, the he has that he has well, the, you should probably ask uh his little sister about it, she'll know. Yeah, because she was the demon queen for a while. Um, apparently she has a cyborg leg or something's wrong with her leg, even though we never seen... Oh, no, it's there. She's got a, it's yeah, a, her arm's um, always um, been like... Kind so of cool. She's like, got a kick-ass know. sword. Well, that's the, yeah, it's like the demon blade or whatever, yeah. like the demon sword. Or like. Mm-hmm. It's from I a demon what, dimension. Thing. No, that interaction is... <clears throat> Probably as bad as it got in the book, I, but the storm Magneto on the opposite page probably as best as it yeah. got in the book. Yeah, like I thought the Emma Frost and Cyclops thing was a little too much here, but that was amazing. And the part that really sold it for me was uh, when Storm Aurora was like, "Who hasn't had a period in their time in their life that uh, could have been marked as uh, let's say super villainy?" Yeah, and. She's like, Scott, are you sure your hand should be raised right now? <laughs> because and then basically uh, everybody on the team was super villain at some point yeah. other than Storm. Yeah. Well, you, honestly, like, even then she was like with the Morlocks for a while. So, I mean, you can kind of go with like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. They were just misunderstood mutants that were too, you know. And Scott was also a leader. And honestly, like, John's flipping through the issue as we're, like, talking mm-hmm. about this stuff. And then you would just have Magneto there with the Celestial. And it's just like, like yeah, of course. Magnus? He's just, like, sit, like walking here like, really, guys? Come on. He's like, I've, I've got this. Yeah. He's like, but he doesn't yeah, have it for long. If you don't resolve this situation with haste, expect my brains to be leaking out my eye sockets. Because he's using all of his power to hold together this Celestial being. You know, and it's... He just... He's pretty much just waiting in the wings to hear when he's needed, mm-hmm. and he just kind of steps in and and does it. Same with uh, Namor. He's like, am I wanted? And, you know, and he comes up and he's like, then I'm just like, yeah, best guy. He's like, oh. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, they have Danger on their team, and Danger is constantly talking to Dr. Nemesis mm-hmm. to get, you know, different updates. And she keeps on dialing down, and, like, what he's saying. Yeah. So you know it's it's got it's got some fun moments to it. It's mm-hmm. got the action that you'd want to see out of these teams. Like it's, I think it's where X Men books should be. Yeah, you know, not trying to take on <clears throat> political struggle or this or yeah. that. But I want my X Men action book. Boom! I want my X Men school book. Boom! You know, you you kind of got it. The, I, John just boomed all over my face because I completely agree. Like, these are the two X-Men books that I want. Like, throughout this, there's, you know, like, the teasers and advertisements for the other yeah. X-Books that I have no interest in at all. Like, there's nothing about those that, like, jumps off at me. Like, but these two? Like, great. Okay. I, I want to read them. Mm-hmm. I probably won't be picking them up. I don't know. I might. Yeah. Like, I could resend everything I said and, like... Pick like, them up, but... Yeah, the thing with this Uncanny book that I'm afraid... That I'm not really liking is... 
Man, that the astonishing X Men run, the relationship between Cy- Cyclops and uh, Emma, the White Queen, was so good, so spot on, and I feel like it's off here. And the relationship between Colossus and Kitty Pride was so good, and we're not going to get it here because well, he's no, doing he, this whole, whole Juggernaut thing. He's doing the Juggernaut thing, but then he's got his sister being yeah. that compassionate, caring person towards him. Yeah, and I. I'm not. I'd rather have that. There's things that I'd rather have yeah. that I'm getting like a slight taste of here, but it's not quite right. See, it's I, like having a little bit. It's a little. It's a little stale. It's just not quite what I'm looking for. I, I can see that, but in in, really, but but, it, but yeah. in the sense of X Men action book. Oh yeah, yes, yes, great. Cyclops needs to be there. School book. Kitty Summers or Kitty Summers. <laughs> Kitty Pride as the headmistress. Just makes sense. Yeah. Cyclops, or uh, Colossus... With Kitty saying stuff like, if somebody t- uh, treats me like I used to treat my professors, I'm going to nail them to a wall and treat them as an example. Like, yes, that is Kitty yes. Pry talking. And But I don't want to see... I mean, you can't have Colossus, the juggernaut, <laughs> at the school. Right. You know? You can't have... You, he's got to be here. She needs to be there. So right, right. it's just a the right progression for them. Now, to have the moment where her big boyfriend comes to visit her in this book, yeah. Does Colossus need to be the juggernaut? Oh, that's, that's the thing. I'm oh, saying. I don't think like, so. Exactly. I, I like, don't think that's going to carry on. Like, yeah. I hope that's done within like, a mm-hmm. few issues. Like, like the, what was great about Astonishing X-Men was, yes, uh, Emma Frost might you know pick on Cyclops, but he would stand up to her and put her in her place every once in a while, and he got that's how the relationship worked. But right now, it's like, yeah, in the battlefield, like you know, it's happening, but it just doesn't seem to be working. And especially in that uh, Regenesis number one shot, where it's like, and she just like tears him apart, and I'm like, oh man, I don't want to read a book. She's a bitch, though. Yeah. Like I, I yeah, buy that. Scott. Put her in her place every once in a while, too. Like, he showed her up and said, no, this is the reason why you want to be with me. And Well, and, I mean, you, right away, like, I haven't been reading these, but right away you see the new love triangle with Scott Summers and White Queen and Namor, mm-hmm. and then you get that even more <laughs> with the, the... What's to come. What's to come with the, like... the kiss and everything. Mm-hmm. And then Magneto versus Psylocke? Uh, what? Um, a new Nimrod? I like. I'm glad both of these books are around. I might, you know, track down like issues two and three of both of them and yeah. and read them and you know go from there. I might even mm-hmm. suffer the Greg Land stuff if he's only going to be on for a couple issues, and then we can get back to like Carlos Pacheco drawing Uncanny. But yeah. Uh, the stuff that I didn't like in Uncanny isn't enough to uh, steer me away. The stuff that I didn't like in Wolverine and the X-Men isn't enough to steer yeah. me away from 2 and 3. So, I'm in. I, I, I like these books. Also, the stuff uh, I didn't like about Spaceman was enough to steer me away yeah, from yeah, those Sp- Spaceman, like, like I said, I'm willing to give that trade a shot. But yeah. here's my question to you guys. You, you enjoyed enough of Wolverine and the X-Men and Uncanny X-Men to possibly continue on reading mm-hmm. What about the X-Men versus the Avengers miniseries that's coming out next year? Written by? I don't know. It's a, it's a big crossover thing. If it's a crossover and it's each book, then thank you. I will be spending that $3 somewhere else, Marvel. Subway, maybe. Yes. <laughs> you can get lunch and treat yourself on Marvel. Yeah. 
No, on my own dime that yeah, I would that do would. Marvel. Yeah. Because yeah. right now the Avengers just don't interest me. Any of the Avengers books, like I dropped. Yeah. I used to read the new Avengers when the thing joined, but man, I just have dropped out of that. So book. your like for these X Men books doesn't make you want to pick up an X Men Avengers crossover? No, John. Because no. really, because you like the Avengers stuff. Like you pick it up periodically. I was picking up um, Secret Avengers. I think I got like to issue eight or nine, and then I just kind of like you know it's just it just kind of lost me for the characters. And then when Brew Baker left, I did order the new issue um, done by Ellis or Ennis just to check. It's probably it, Ellis. Just to check it out. Um, it seemed to still have that kind of it, it. It it had that fun that I still what I liked about it, but it just wasn't. I was just kind of like I. 52 issues of DC that I'm really into. Like, mm-hmm. I can drop this in the wayside, be totally happy that I don't have, you know, I can never read it again and it'll be fine. Yeah. See, it, if there's like a main, like, X Men vs. Avengers book, I might check that out. Like, yeah. I probably would pick up the spin off stuff, but just to at least read the first part. If it's of it. in its own contained, yeah. like, X Men vs. Avengers tie. Uh, title, but yeah, if it's going through each book with a banner on top, I'll probably just pocket that money, uh, much like I did with some of the X Factor books when there were tie-ins. Because man, I couldn't do it. Uh, but uh, what are your thoughts on these books, listeners? Uh, send us an email, contact at bagandboardcast or just put a comment on our Facebook page underneath this issue. We see the beers that we drank and also the comic books that we rated. Thank you, John, for taking that splendid photo. You're welcome. Have a phone. You have all of a few days left to vote on our Christmas special. That's right. Next week, the 18th, will be the recording of our Christmas special. Uh, there will be more eggnog drank. Woo! There Woo! will be more Yuletide brought. <laughs> so until then uh where else oh like us on facebook not just book there beggingboard.com and rate. make sure you rate and review this book i've already begged once today i'll do it the second time yeah. for us we love uh when you rate us and review us um we haven't gotten any of those in a while so uh quite a long time please help us out it makes it worth it and since you don't do it, it makes me not want to do these episodes anymore. Oh no, Paul, we need you. Uh, you post these. Yes, I do. <laughs> we, we literally need you. So until next time, read and review us, won't you? Now broadcasting live via so stream or downloaded directly to your mobile device, BagdenBoard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, and that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> uh, I'm glad I didn't get slapped. I'm glad your mom was here. You said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, should I punch him? It doesn't work if you're not wearing a mariachi suit. Uh, we're not wearing a mariachi suit. I don't know. <laughs> All right, and we just finished uh, recording episode number 105. And after our show, we were just doing our usual, like, hey, we're sitting around talking. And we actually started talking about what classes offered at the Jean Grey Institute for Higher Learning we would want to take. And here we are. Um, we're actually doing our course selection right now. 
here at episode not 106. Listen to uh, episode 105 first. Uh, I'm going to try to figure out how to put this there. I'll probably post this episode first and then 105, so that way you guys can go back and unload the older episode, not 106. Uh, this is definitely supplementary. We kind of talked about, I was doing it yeah. this or that a little bit, just because I wasn't sure if you guys read them, and I, I thought they were definitely worth mentioning. And I, I, I definitely did take note of that and enjoyed it enough to say, like, man, what, what classes would I actually want to take going to school? Yeah. Or what I could do is actually put this at the very end and leave, like, space and have it like a bonus track Ooh. for the last episode. So we might get a two-hour-long episode. But there'll be 30 seconds, of, 30 seconds of silence and then this. So it'll look longer than it appears. Yeah. However it's done, I just think it's fun. Okay. <laughs> we might actually have an outro music this time in the past <laughs> episode. Uh, behind the curtains, Wizard of Oz. Time machine. I don't think this will actually... We haven't had time machine in a while. There's time market. Yeah. So there you go. Supplemental 105. Yeah. We've had a not 105, a 105, and then a supplemental. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Basically, 105 is our best episode ever. It's a trilogy. (laughs) But um, Paul set some ground rules um, from the entire uh, course listing. From Wolverine and the X-Men, number one. On stands last month. Go Mm -hmm. pick it up if you can find it. Um, We're basically picking five from how many courses? 20? 22? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7... Uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. 21. Alright, so we're picking five courses. We've been drinking. Of... <laughs> that's why, went, that's why um, he got paused between 7 and 8. Well, because they went from like... Or is it because 7, 8, 9? Yes, exactly. Then we are uh, picking two from... Two out of the nine extracurricular activities... Wait, then, we're picking two extracurricular? I okay, said two, and no, then one special one. event. Oh, okay, I, I can do that. Because okay. you said two extracurricular and one special event. Okay, good. Oh, did I, did I throw the monkey wrench there? Because those are your no, rules, Paul. Yeah. No, oh, oh, yeah, I know that exactly what I'm doing. Um, there's nine extracurricular activities, and then um, we're picking two of those, and then for special events, you're picking one, which there's one, two, three, four, five, six, and then a whole mess of field trips. I thought we were picking one special event and then one field trip. Yeah. One okay. special event, one field trip. Okay. Because you were like, oh, but come on. I want well, that's to... even better then because you... my the special event I picked was one of the field trips, so that gives me a bonus pick. Yeah. Because awesome. you were arguing with me before, like, oh, come on, but I think those are free to anybody to go. I, I was, because I wanted field, trips. field trip to go on. I know, well, and then I caved in. Yes. I'm, like, I'm glad you caved because now I can add something else to my list that I want to have. But I don't know. Um, do you want to go through and like we'll do like a round or just well, everyone want to go through? I'm going to read. Let's read them all off. We're like first, we'll do the class listing and let me read them. All. I think. Uh, do we need to do the class listing? Do we need to read them all off? I, I don't all think 20? so. I don't think so. Okay. I really don't. I think it would just take too long. Okay. Then, Chris, you're the one that really wants to do this the supplemental episode. So go ahead. Uh, pick. Let's all do one. Uh, All right, so we'll, go, we'll do a round. And uh, if you want, when you're listening to this, after you're done listening to us, you can go for more infant information. Go to jeangrayschool.com. Oh. I might actually investigate that tonight after I get home. But um, when it came to pick my first class, uh, I'm 
Paul, this was one that you mentioned in one of your mm-hmm. questions. I actually picked Ethics 101, um, forgetting everything you ever learned from Emma Frost with Headmistress Pride. Um, I really feel like I said this would just be a fun class to take mm-hmm. because I think Kitty Pride it'd be like half her teaching stuff and then the other half just going off mm-hmm. on Emma Frost. And that's something I would like to see. <laughs> do you really, when do you think she would tell you when it's okay to tell somebody they're a jerk? As, as soon as you walk in the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 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 that would be my first question. Uh, professor, uh, when is it okay to storm out saying that somebody is a jerk? Like, what has to happen for me to do that? Like, where is that level of jerkiness? Like, is it Jamaican jerk? Or is it, like, really, like, beef jerky jerk? There's some big difference in the jerk. I like, I like both of those. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's a tough call, Paul. But yeah, that, honestly, like, when I sit down to set my courses, that's one that I would just think would be fun to take. Uh, and... My first course is going to be how to weaponize household products with Remy LeBeau. Because uh, that's one great way to start your morning. You walk in, and you're probably going to be blowing something up. Did you download the anarchist cookbook while in high school? Like, that, I seemed, that seemed like the anarchist cookbook like class to me. It just like, wow. it just seems like uh, you go in and you sit around, he's going to swagger in with a coffee and just be like... Which he's then going to weaponize. Exactly. I think he would definitely walk in with a world's best teacher mug. <laughs> yeah, because he's got blowing up 101 and then blowing your load 102. <laughs> oh. oh. Maybe one of the classes I've taken later. <laughs> uh... I had to start my day off right and start it off with the Southern Bell, and it's definitely diction linguistics with Rogue. Like, yes, I will listen to a Southern accent from that girl all day. You know, if it was any other course, I would take it, but I don't want to hear her try to talk to me about diction. Yeah, but I have to have a problem with my diction. <laughs> Uh, I took so basically, to... when you listen to episode like 107, after Paul's had a couple classes, he's going to have a southern <laughs> accent. <laughs> yeah, but also, speak much more fluently. Uh, I took speech therapy classes growing up, so I, I don't have a problem uh, with the advanced training. Hmm. And come on, Rogue is the finest of she, all the X-Men. She's uh, pretty awesome. Yep. I, I thought about taking that course mm-hmm. just for... The professor, but I passed. <laughs> I, I did pass. John is pointing. Second at me. round pick. Go for it, Paul. Oh, oh I'm going, we're yeah, we'll just, we'll just, okay. yeah, just yeah. Um, Where is it? Let me go with future history, which I'm looking for. 101: Mapping what we know about the world of tomorrow with headmaster, headmaster, or mistress Pride. Um, learning about the future is always awesome. Look at Back to the Future too. <laughs> For an example, uh, I'm definitely putting money on the Cubbies in 2015, only yeah. four years from now. Um, but the whole apocalypse, Age of Apocalypse stuff, is some of my is some of my favorite X Men events. Is mm-hmm. Age of Apocalypse, and so um, getting more of that would be a lot of fun for me. And Paul, I will actually agree with you because future history is a class that I also picked. Um, I think it would be a lot of fun 
to learn about the future and what it means for today. Well, which round did you pick it in? Um, that was actually one of my like my last pick, yeah. but I didn't want to like go back to talk about it. Yeah, no, no, we won't. Since, uh, we picked it, but yeah, that was my, my final pick because I was already taking one course with Kitty Pride, who I've always kind of had a thing for. Mm-hmm. So I know if this was like real life air quotes, I'd probably want to take a couple classes mm-hmm. with her just to uh, get in there because uh, kind of hot for teacher. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> uh, I will be taking outer space survival skills. My time. Spent as a space jammer with uh, Rachel Gray. Star jammer. Star jammer. <laughs> what did I say? You said space jammer. Space jammer. Space jam was very different. Was... They couldn't play basketball, but uh, those aliens could. Um, luckily, Bill Murray shows up. Yes. <laughs> Paula hates that cameo, I'm guessing. <laughs> I've never seen Space Jam. If you... What? Yes. Is it because of Bill Murray? No. Because for those of you listening at home, we point this out often, but you haven't heard before, Paul doesn't like Bill Murray. Or Tom Hanks. It's fallacies. <laughs> fallacies, sir. <laughs> They're just not draws. Like, oh, what what is Guestaway about? Oh, it's just Tom Hanks on an island alone. No, no, he has volleyball with him. Guestaway yeah. is Really it's a great good. movie too. And I saw that in the theater. And just I don't and sit there, it. sit there and go, "Holy man!" It was just him on an island by himself. Yeah, an amazing feature film. I've seen that with Joe versus a volcano. I don't want to see it again. <laughs> it's a completely different movie. <laughs> Joe, well, yes, Joe versus a volcano, a great movie. It's a it's a great movie, but has nothing in common with Castaway. Does Tom Hanks go to an island on Castaway? He doesn't go to an island. Does he end up on an island? He winds up on an island. <laughs> Joe Vol- versus the volcano. Does he end up on an island? He goes. He's go. He ends up on the volcano or on the island that he was sent to go to. Yes. He wasn't shipwrecked. Both both islands. Do they end up swimming in the water near the very end of the movie? Yes. And both of them. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> when Joe gets launched from the volcano, he ends up swimming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, finds his luggage again. <laughs> makes a makeshift raft. Your in point, both of those movies. Your point makes me want to punch you in the face. <laughs> All I'm saying is, score two points for Paul. Well, Why do you keep two points? Because one, both end up on an island, both swimming. No, and that's only a one point. Raft. That's no, only one point. Two. No, I'm. You're only awarded one. We're all dumber for having listened to me. <laughs> um, Chris, what is your second class? Um, my second class, I actually went with Sex Ed from uh, Revy the Bee. That is my third pick. Um, it's That is my fourth pick. I, I think we're all in agreement that if there's someone you want to learn swagger from, it's going to be Remy. Yeah, no, like, nobody brings it to the table, which she will then later blow up in a demonstration <laughs> class. Like Gambit. Um this is like one of those no-brainers, and probably sh- like shouldn't even be allowed as a class <laughs> <laughs> because it's kind of creepy. But yeah, I, I want to I want to learn everything that man has. Exactly, yeah. definitely. Throw a huge long ponytail and carry a deck of cards. <laughs> and um, a couple no, tricks. no lie. I had a pair of just like nylon gloves. They were just like thin black gloves that I cut. The pinky and pointer finger <laughs> yeah. off of. So I had gambit gloves. Uh, so I, somebody had a bowling glove 
and I almost thought about stealing it from him because it had like the the two two pieces cut off because I was like, it's just like a gambit glove. <laughs> they wore it around the guy's like. Alright, you're a weird kid. You've been my golden bag. I was like, ah. Honestly, thinking about this now, I want to, like, find a pair of gloves that can just cut those fingers off of again. Yeah. And I, I feel like that was something, when you get your, like, course syllabus, like, it's going to have, like, the books that you need to buy, and then also, like, one pair of gloves, one deck of cards. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's your shopping list for that class. It just, you know, makes that, you know, having the pinky cut off and also the uh, index finger makes me feel like, man, that guy really loves giving the shocker. Yeah, mon ami, yeah, no, no, no. That's basically how I do Gambit. And uh, Chris, what, what is your fourth or your third pick, um, really? I actually went with, oh, uh, I'm just going to, I took a note on my phone and mm-hmm. went with the full course lane, uh, name here. Algebra sucks, I know, but you still have to learn it with Professor Bobby Drake. Math has always been my weak point. I hate math. I might as well take it with someone who also seems to share my disdain for it. <laughs> but he and, is an accountant. And I think Bobby Drake would be a cool teacher. Oh, cool teacher. Yeah. He's a nice man. He is an accountant, though, so he does know his math. So he would know his stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to have to go with um, Mutant Philosophy, The Teachings of Xavier, The Lessons of Magneto with Dr. Henry McCoy. Hmm. Uh, I think I'd, I would want, I said in the podcast, I'd want to take a class with McCoy. And I think that would be something that would be really interesting to have a discussion on both sides of the spectrum. Um, I will actually agree with you because that was my fourth pick. I think... I wouldn't be able to take a science class with Hank McCoy, but I think a philosophy one would just be brilliant. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I, I thought so, too. Like, what? Awesome. I don't oh. know what that was. <laughs> that it, I just it, did. it sounded like God shining his light down. On you. <laughs> like When you open up your, like, your course book. I'm looking forward to challenge myself here. Uh, I'm not sure how well I would survive, but assuming that I was a mutant and had some sort of ability... Uh, I'm going with this, and this is the art of fighting with fighting, mm. uh, with Professor Logan, because like without fighting, I I'm, I want a little bit more hands-on. I think this is going to be like gym class, which I always kind of had fun in, even though I skipped yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, when I got to pick like when there was like an area that I was interested in, like you know, like floor hockey. Even basketball was fun to play in, in gym, and soccer. Like, I've always loved playing soccer in gym. Um, just to kind of go out there and kind of, like, just put yourself all out there. Be a gym class hero, if you will. Um, always kind of had a fun fun time just to see where my limits were. And I would, that's why I would take with fighting. Because I don't know. I don't think I would get enough out of the, the class that did not have the fighting in it. Just yeah. the law, philosophies and the techniques like written in the books. I would need to do it. And I like knowing where my limits are. I, I feel like the art of fighting without fighting would be more like a self-defense yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you might mostly be learning like parries and blocks and stuff. While the with fighting would be more like scrapper. Like, this, this is what here's, you're going to want to do. There's dirt in your eyes. Yeah. yeah. I definitely want the with fighting. Because I'd probably fight dirty. And by probably, I mean, you, John has seen me fight dirty. 
There's a lot of tickling, pinching, and hair pulling. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, next we've got our uh, extra. I, 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 I no, no, oh, I, I thought you. I thought you picked everything. I'm sorry. No, oh, okay. I still Go have ahead. one in my Go class. Did you class? pick all yours? I have one more class. Okay, wow. And you had two doubles. Yeah, yeah. I, had, I had some doubles there. And so. uh, my next class is uh, flying into things head first. Wow. With Sam Cannonball Guthrie. Uh, it just sounds like a fun class. <laughs> Uh, I'm blowing up stuff, I'm getting laid, I'm, you know, having serious debates, and now I'm just going to dive headfirst into something. Which hopefully would be some of the coins. Yo, what? what did he, say? He, oh. he needs to take Rogue's Diction course. I, I need a diction class, I need to hang out with you more. <laughs> you do. Uh, like I was saying, my final class uh, is something about self-discovery, learning my limitations, and that is brain sl- uh, spelunking. Uh, which is... Um, that's the Rachel Gray one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I actually thought about that. Exploring res- the uh, recesses of your own mind with Professor Rachel Gray. Uh, I do have a... You know, I, I want to know about myself a little bit more. I want to be a little bit more introspective and actually learn what's wrong with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's... that's You're a thing. douche. A little bit. <laughs> that, that was a course uh, I actually had written down, and then I switched it off for something else. Why, when I get drunk, do I feel like everybody hates me? <laughs> like, these are the questions I would want answered, uh, and how to correct them, and that's why this is definitely a course I would want to take. I think that's probably a course that, if I couldn't get into something else because it was full, I'd probably take that one. You'd waitlist that, that one? That'd be my waitlist. I, I think so, too. It, it's really up there. Like, I know I picked it last, but honestly, if I was actually signing up for these courses, I'd probably be the number one. It's... And then... Uh, but any class with the only class with Rogue, because there's only the one. Yeah, I would definitely have to be there. It's like she's not accessible. Distant, mm-hmm. 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 you can't have any <laughs> contact with her. I know. But uh, let's get right into the extracurriculars, and we said we could take two <laughs> because we're overachievers here at yeah. the Titan Forecast. Um. <laughs> Who else is taking uh, Comic Book Club? Yeah. Really? I'm, you didn't? No, there's two other good ones that <laughs> I had to take first. Yeah. Uh, well, the comic, when, we, when all of a sudden we were like, we can pick two, I'm like, all right, I'm in Comic Book Club. Uh, when we, you guys said that you could only like pick one, I was like, that's the one. Like Out of everything, I was like, yeah, Comic Book Club. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Comic Book Club. If we, I had to take one, it would be that one. Reading the classics from Kirby to Morrison with Professor uh, Guthrie. I... It just seems like oh, we're fucking comic book podcast. We went we're, to we're a aces. comic book like graphic novel like discussion club at uh, was it Borders or Barnes Borders, and Noble? Yeah. Like that sadly, like shut down. Like it like, lasted like four or five months. It, yeah, it was for a while. But the one kid that ran it actually left. Like mm-hmm. he went somewhere else because I actually talked to him like randomly one day. He stopped in at the uh, store I was working at the time. Uh, but yeah, I. I think that would be great. Yeah. Like I said, we're comic book podcast. We, we, we sit around talking about it anyways. Why not? <laughs> yeah. And why not? I want to know about comic books in the Marvel Universe where you're reading comic books written by people who write in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> yeah, but it's very not, meta. No, because in Marvel, it's always been that way, where Marvel is the publication company that has the exclusive rights to report on the superheroes of the time. Like, they're, they're the, like, the authorized biographies of mm. the, the, of the happenings of the superhero world. 
So I understand it. Um, but I. But just, you didn't pick it. I didn't pick what, it. What was your like? Your first number one. one, like the thing that I constantly think about, and th- and want to actually do. No, <laughs> oh. actually fencing. Like the oh, Buffalo Fencing Club. I, I will be there with there you. There is a Buffalo Fencing Club, and I'm like, ah, oh, man. I want to do it, but I don't think I can commit like that time, and I would be a total novice. But I totally want to do it. Uh, it's the fencing team with Kitty Pride. Uh, yep. I, but I'd be hoping, hoping beyond hope, that some little uh, blue elf would come and give a couple pointers too. So if it, like if it was fencing club with Nightcrawler, I would be there in a heartbeat. Exactly, but. No, honestly, like that that's my second pick as well. Like I would love to take that. In Not... real life, I want to <coughs> I, I think about actually joining a fencing team after once. I, I would I would too. Um but my my pick would be um alternate dimensional explorers club with with Dr. McCoy. Because you know shit's gonna happen. You know Yeah. You know it's gonna be crazy. Adventures. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanna be. It'd be fun. I mean, like this was actually kind of a tough choice because you can only like pick the two. Yeah. Well, um, pick the one and then you, the two. no. You said two. Yeah, I did say you two. said two, Paul. All right. So special events. No, no, we we didn't go over two. You oh, just said I, your second. Chris never said his. No, second. my my second one was fencing club. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah okay. Then, I, yeah. And I didn't go with my second. I yeah. thought you said fencing club. That was my first. Oh! You guys picked comic books. Yeah, yeah, that was our first. Okay. And I'm like, I'm living it. We Why party. would I need to read about it? We party hard. Uh, my my uh, second would be the thing that I did probably most in high school. Mystery. Which was debate. Oh! <laughs> debate clubs. Bottle UN. Mock trial. And if there was a debate team in the high school but that I went to... Your, this isn't your normal debate team. This is a telepathic debate team with Rachel Gray. Um, to control... Like, I didn't take any kind of, other than the splunky, brain splunking, any kind of, like, mental defense. So that kind of feels that need, like, to actually win a debate mentally. My mental prowess and powers. Like, come on. You know that I wouldn't be all over that. Because you know I like winning. Especially with debates. Not only, like, winning, but you like using telepathic teams. <laughs> yes, I do. And, like, hero clicks and stuff. Like, mastermind. I love it. Mind control. Like, that's why I I would take this course. Because it is the most like anything I did in high school. Like, I'm like, yep, that would be it. I, I do have to say, just on the uh, topic of the extracurricular activities, I feel bad for Toad because he has the let's all clean up after ourselves club. <laughs> and you know nobody's, nobody's going to join that. Like, what the hell, Toad? Maybe uh, blindfold? Because she's like, oh, I would totally clean up after myself if I could see. Oh, I could see what I was doing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Nothing special. Our special events. What? There's only one that really, really made me want to do, like football with uh, Avengers Academy. I just because I've tried to make a have a flag football like game on Thanksgiving for how many years, and it just always fell apart. Like, just, now, just imagine that, Paul, but with superpowers and, like, global, like, Hey, everybody trauma. says no powers during these... Yeah, they always say that. Yeah, and then eventually, at first, you know, eventually somebody breaks off the powers, and then it's <laughs> even a lot more fun. I love, like, football. Like, like I did 
intramurals in college, I played flight football intramurals. Like, I played intramural volleyball. It's a ton of fun. And when I'm like, oh, a little, a little school pride, a little mutant versus uh, Avengers, like, throw down the gauntlet and have some uh, bragging rights, I'm there. I will play wide receiver and hope that I have speed or power. <laughs> like, I... John, uh, what would your uh, special event pick? There, there was a couple here that I was like, oh, that'd be so cool. But I think I'm going to have to go with uh, the class picnic on the blue area of the moon. That was, that was mine, too. Just because I'm fucking on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You, you're on the moon. You're hanging out with the Inhumans, probably. Yeah. Um, now, well, are they there? I never know where the I, Inhumans are. They move around so often. They're around, but, I mean, they're based out of the blue area of the moon, so I'm assuming that there's going to be someone there. It might be Lockjaw. It, it, <laughs> it might like, be, like, Trade or someone else, but, you know yeah, what? It's Lockjaw. You know you want to pet him. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it'd be cool. Uh, definitely. And I, I was, like, I was reading down, and I was like, oh, that one, that one. All right, I'm going to settle with this one. And then as I went down for the, um, to do the field trips, right above it is Class Picnic on the moon, and I'm like... No, that's where I'm going. Yeah. Sit next to you on the bus. Okay. <laughs> probably on the lockjaw, but... Okay. Yeah, probably, you're probably getting teleported there. I don't know, I, I think that would just be like really cool, not just to be on the moon, but it's like... Shit, the Inhumans are almost like mutants in their own right, so... They are. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It's like the Terrigen mists, to see that. That side of the table, this side of the table. What can I yeah, say? It's like, like football. Ha- have I'm, fun playing football. We're going to be fucking on the moon. Yeah, with the Avengers. Uh, Inhumans. Yeah, but I will, you know, compete for our mutant pride. We're probably going to come home with something really super cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably like a In an adventure? In a story? Yeah, my story is that and we some won cool artifact. It's like I told a joke and Black Bolt didn't laugh, but he gave me one of those little points. Like, mm. <laughs> probably some moon disease. Oh, I love you. Have a moon disease. You're going to get quarantined. Yeah. Well, of course we I, did because we took sex ed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to totally uh, tackle Squirrel Girl. It's going to be great. Oh, how pissed would you be if like it was against the Great Lakes Adventure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, like Paul, like throw the football down and storm <laughs> off the field. I would still play. This is, this is shit. <laughs> I would still play. You know why? Because I play for pride. You could probably beat the Great Lakes Avengers too. <laughs> but um, field trip time. You got your permission slip signed. You got your uh, bag lunch. Paul, where are you going? I you have to, to ask. There's just one choice, right? There's one. There's only one. Guys, you can save me for last. You know where I'm going. I, I feel like I know where you're going. I just want to Go be, ahead. I in unison sure. now. Baxter Building. That wasn't unison. No, it was not unison. One more time. In unison. Baxter, Baxter building. building. There we go. Yes, of course. Of course. To visit the Fantastic Four. Like, I want to race Johnny Storm. Like, I want to hang out with the thing on the couch watching TV. I want to see Sue Storm. Before and after she turns invisible. Uh, now I'm going to say this. What happens when you go to take the field trip and they're off in like the negative zone or somewhere? I still get to see all the awesome devices that Reed Richards made and also get to see, like, huh, this is Ben Grimm's bathroom. That would, yeah, it'd be kind of interesting to mm-hmm. see. That's how he does it. 
This toilet is huge. I'm swimming in it. <laughs> I probably wouldn't swim in it. But probably hey, like... Hey, you can't poop feathers. <laughs> probably definitely jump on it and use it and just swing my feet. <laughs> you can plank across it. You know, it'd be a lot of fun. Instead of toilet paper, it's like sandpaper. <laughs> <laughs> So are you going to the Baxter Building? I am not going to the Baxter Building. Right. Um, my pick is Logan's favorite sushi joint in the whole Eastern Hemisphere. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> Honestly, there's that some... side of the table. I'm, my side. I'm just going to say quick because there's some awesome, awesome places out here. You have the Baxter Building, you have Asgard, you have Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum, Stark Industries, Tabula Rasa, which I don't know what that was. Um, but we have the raft, which is a superhuman prison, mm-hmm. like off uh, the coast of like New York Monster City. Monster Island. Monster Island. Limeria, which I don't know where that is. The Microverse. And then finally have Headmaster Logan's favorite sushi joint in the whole Eastern Hemisphere. We love sushi. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're going to go somewhere, you, you're going to want to like take Logan's advice because you know that's a man who loves his sushi and knows like the best place to go. And not only that, I imagine one, again, you're going to have an adventure with him. Two, he's going to go, no, it must have been that other place. <laughs> you can't remember it. Yeah. And then you got to go to some other sushi place, and you're like, let's go for some more sushi. Come I, on. I think it would be fun. There's probably going to be, like, geishas there. Oh, yeah. Dude, and you know, like, somebody's going to come up and stab him, and then you're like, <laughs> see you, professor, you all right? Fine. How's the spicy tuna? Oh, my God. Like, I just, I think that would be great. And it's kind of one of those fun, like... After seeing all those awesome places you can go, it's like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get sushi. Yeah, yeah. It seems like that's, that's like, again, yeah. Oh gosh, those places would be awesome to go to. But the thing that would be the most fun to do yeah. would be to go with Wolverine to a sushi joint. Um, you know, it, it, like yeah, Baxter Building would be totally fun, but. I think when you really want to cut loose and unwind, that's where you want to be. Yeah. I, I, I want to see him sitting there, like, drinking sake, maybe doing karaoke at, like, that bar <laughs> down the street. Like, because you know that's going to happen. You're most likely in Japan. I mean, unless it's, like, some like, crappy place on the corner. Like, it's, like, two blocks away from the school. He's like, no, guys, you're not going to believe how good it is. <laughs> yeah, but it's in the eastern hemisphere. Oh, yeah. So it probably isn't right across from the school. I think Johnny Storm would take me to the hippest, nice club ever. The hippest well, place. he would take the coolest people on the field trip, Paul. Oh. Uh, <laughs> hey, but... I kind of have a really cool power. <laughs> the think guy that he walks in on, like, what are you doing on that toilet? Whee! Well, just think about it. Everyone else goes to the cool club... He could sit on the couch with Ben Grimm and play video games. Yeah. Exactly. And come up with a prank to play on Johnny Storm. <laughs> <Sunday. laughs> that would be awesome. Um, let us know what your class list, extracurricular activities, and special events are. Um, Gene Scray, uh, Gene Scray, GeneGraySchool.com or in the back of Wolverine and the X-Men number one. Um, mm-hmm. Contact at MeganBoardcast.com. Um, we had fun with this and uh, we want to know what you would think. This is definitely the most fun I've had two pages of comic books in the <laughs> yeah. longest time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Seriously, now that's the end of the episode. <laughs> There's no more after this.
You're still here? <laughs> Go home. It's the end of the movie. Wait, wait, I got another great idea. Why don't we 